Dominic Lawton can be wild. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult. And we're back again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Bad Movie Cult podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And have we got another special for you? Yes, we're heading to New Orleans Woo-hoo! in the 90s. <laughs> cowboy country. <laughs> pew, pew! It's the 1993 John Woo film, Hard Target. In the city of New Orleans, in a darker side of Dixie, away from the music and the lights, there's a new in town. You'll be provided with a guide, trackers, and the weapons of your choice. I need to file a missing person report. The competitors are deadly. We pride ourselves in hunting only combat veterans, men who have the necessary skills to make our hunts more interesting. And they always win. You want to find your father? Get somebody who knows the city to show you around. Now, the opposition is about to get one last chance. What kind of a name is Chance? My mama took one. Our friend, Mr. Boudreaux, silver star, marine forest recon. He's obviously not someone we should underestimate. an annoying little insect. No one stepped on hard. We need to get out of here now. Ladies first. What? These men will chase after you. Mad at you for business or pleasure. Both. Look at it this way. You're gonna get to meet Elvis. Give it a rest, pal. Jean-Claude Van Damme is the hard target. You miss me. From internationally acclaimed action director, John Woo. How's it feel to be hunted? You tell me. Hard target. I did not know this was a John Woo film. Really? This was was his um, American breakthrough film. Yeah, I've seen this quite a few times never and like once i knew it and then watched it again for this i was like of course it is a fucking john woo mentalist yeah Yeah. um and welcome back to uh, jean-claude van damme of course it's his third time i think it's uh... (laughs) It's very good (laughs) he's i think he's now the number one isn't he of how many films we've covered seagal i think Oh, shit. Yeah. Of course it is. Uh, Marked for death. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. L.E.O.T. Beast. Now, this is uh, this is number three, though, for Van Damme, isn't it? It is. Yep. So he's uh, drawn level with Big Steve. Yeah. With the, big, is, the big sensei himself. Maybe his second, like, um, starring one, because obviously he was uh, just a part-time Russian splits bastard. <laughs> Splitsmeister. <laughs> yeah. In uh, No Retreat, No Surrender. That was more of a uh, Bruce Lee's ghost vehicle. Yes, a Kurt McKinney. Hit <laughs> yes. in the big time. Uh, this, Ken, has an IMDb rating of 6.2 out of 10. Ah, oh, yeah. Do you know, watching it again, I fucking 
fucking loved it. Oh, yeah, I me too. absolutely loved watching this again. Mm. And I haven't seen this for a long time. I bought this. Uh, I bought it on the, the dying uh, media of DVD quite recently. And um, Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> no, Big Hero 6. No, it was... Um, no, I bought one it on... the kids. Yeah, they see. I, I'll keep my finger on the pulse. And I, th- I threw this one in, in my collection, because I didn't have it. Uh, and absolutely loved it all over again. It's yeah. a brilliant film. It's just everything in this is great. I really enjoyed this film again and again and again uh, when I was younger. And watching it again now, yeah, it's just loads of fun. Everything in it's fun. Slow motion. John Woo slow motion. Unbelievably used in this. Oh, yeah. It's, it's used in every scene, I think. But uh, I totally agree. I loved uh, I loved Jean-Claude. I loved him in it. I loved Arnold Vosloo in it. Yeah, he's brilliant. I loved Lance Henriksen. Yeah. yeah. I loved Uncle Doovy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about some of the accents in this film at all, to be honest. Yeah, even Yancey Butler. Yeah. Yancey Butler looking fantastic in this as well. Indeed. But um, it's, it's, it's just such an enjoyable film. It really is. It's non-stop as well because it's quite brief. It's not a, like a long, there's no over... Hour and extended. Four, yeah, yeah, just just under that, I think. Yeah. It's it's not like extended scenes of dialogue either. Yeah. It's like this is happening, let's go and fight. It's like, okay, sorted. Yeah. And it's a very it's like a Western as well, isn't it? It's yes. very, very much like a Western film. Um, I think John Woo, that was his he wanted to make a Western, so this was his opportunity to shoot an American Western, but not in the old West times. Yeah. Which is why they chose, well, two reasons they chose uh, New Orleans. One was because he, he thought it looked kind of like a Western sort of looking town. Yeah. But also uh, to explain Jean-Claude's accent. <laughs> yeah, which I think is not even his real accent. Surely he's uh, doing that on purpose, isn't he? Is he not emphasising his own accent? Or is know, this, this is, actually his accent this is and one the of rest of them, he, he dulls it down? I think this is one of his earlier ones, isn't it? So this is maybe his accent at the time, and then it dulled down yeah, it's later. It's not like this in Kickboxer, though, or Bloodsport. They were all before this. I, honestly, I, I thought he was either maybe over, he does. He thought he was either like overdoing it <laughs> on purpose, <laughs> or this is what he normally sounds like, and he yeah. was he was like dumbing it for the previous ones. I don't know anyway, but I've, one of my main thing is uh, one of my main comments is accents. Yeah. Rotten Tomatoes, we loved it. What did the experts think? They've given it 58%. Is that from critics, though? Because Rotten Tomatoes, I was going to say. That's not bad, though, for an action film. It's not, no. I don't think it just shows how enjoyable it is, then, in that case. Obviously, director John Woo, you'll know him from Hard Boiled. You'll know him from Face Off. You'll know him from Mission Impossible 2. You'll know him from Broken Arrow with Travolta and Christian Slater. Uh, Also John Woo film. Excuse me? I think uh, Broken Arrow was also John Woo. Yes. I was, like, I was giving a list of jungle. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you might be right, Ken. We'll go to the experts. <laughs> we'll go to the judges. Sorry about that. I wasn't listening. <laughs> I was having a drink. And I, think, I was thinking about Lance Henriksen. <laughs> I thought you were talking about him. Well, but I thought, well, I can't remember him in that, but I know it's a John Woo film. <laughs> yeah, I was saying he's, he did hard-boiled face-off. Yeah, Lance Henriksen's also an alien. Alive. <laughs> <laughs> This film was also uh, written by Chuck Ferrer. Chuck Farrer? Ferrer? I don't know. Ferrer? You're, Farrer. Doing, you're doing the stats. Uh, he also wrote Na- uh, Navy Seals, Charlie Sheen film. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote Dark Man. Really? Oh, yeah. Sam Raimi film, wasn't yep. it? Liam Neeson. Good film. He wrote Barbed Wire. 
<laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, you watch the uncut opening credits. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've seen the rest of the film. <laughs> the first 30 seconds is enough for yeah, Ken. Yeah, 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 Always yeah. is. I fainted after that. Yeah. <laughs> Just fell asleep. <laughs> he wrote The Jackal, the Bruce Willis, Richard Gere film. Oh, some great uh, Irish accents in that. Superb. One thing's for sure. If you should jackal on your tail, you better get your affairs in order. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Carry on. And also, one of my favourites is Virus. Do you remember that film? Virus? Is that, is that Jamie Lee Curtis? It is. It Do is, you remember yeah. what the plot of that is it film on a is? a ship, isn't it? I've got the plot here. Is it a, an alien uh, salvage crew or something? Jamie Lee Curtis stars as a tugboat captain yeah. <laughs> against aliens who have taken over a Russian research vessel. That's it, yeah. They're it's a salvage got, crew, yeah. It's got William Baldwin in it. Yeah, yeah. Or Bill, Billy Balls. Billy Balls, yeah. yeah Billy Balding. Do you know who executive produced this film, Kenneth? No. Sam Raimi. Oh, there's your connection. There's your dark man. Yeah. Universal was afraid that John Woo's limited English would be a problem on set, so they hired Sam Raimi to oversee the entire shoot and replace Woo if need be. What about Jean-Claude's limited English? (laughs) Oh, is he doing very well? (laughs) Okie (laughs) dokie. This is very good. Uh, But Raimi never did anything, and uh, he was happy to work with Woo. Uh, even if it was unofficially due to certain reasons, is what he said. Mm, that's good then. At least he's not stepping on toes. Uh, sometime in the early... This is a great bit here. <laughs> I love this this fact. I don't know if it's true. I hope so. Sometime in the early 90s, before he got involved in Hard Target, Jean-Claude Van Damme was going to be involved in another movie project with Sam Raimi, mm-hmm. who was going to produce and maybe direct... A, it was a horror thriller titled Steel Donkeys. <laughs> based on a spec script by cult South African director and screenwriter Richard Stanley. Would you like to know the plot of Steel Donkeys, Kenneth? Of course I would. That is an incredible title. The story of the script, which is said to be a very violent and gory film, Mm -hmm. followed a gang of thieves led by Jean-Claude, who break into some old bank in Amsterdam during the Queen's Day Festival, and while they're stealing the diamonds from the bank, the gang members accidentally release an alien shape-shifting demon. Shit. This would explain the Steel Donkeys title, of course. <laughs> would which, it? <laughs> which is a term Jamaican Yardies use for these kind of soul-sucking demons. Uh, he was trapped inside the building since the, since the Second World War. And after the police shows up and put the building under siege, gang members have to find a way to survive and escape while at the same time fighting against the demon who starts possessing and killing them one by one. Wow. That sounds superb. Imagine that in the early 90s. Sam Raimi. Brilliant. Yeah, that's brilliant. And uh, that's our pitch. (laughs) Yes, we're going to be pitching that for you at the end of the film. We're going to bring that to life. Like it. Uh, So anyway, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme, he plays preposterously named, (laughs) absolutely fucking ridiculously named. They've got to have a great name, haven't they, the heroes? What's his name, Ken? Chance Boudreau. The original casting for this, or who they wanted to be in it, do you know who it was? Um, it was Gerard Depardieu, <laughs> the action hero. Close. <laughs> Jean Renner? Will Smith. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I'm joking. It was Kurt Russell. Really? But they couldn't wait two years for him to film it because he was doing um, something else in the 80s. Just other stuff, wasn't Yeah, <laughs> no, Goldie early 90s. Horn. Goldie Horn, I think. Yeah. They went with Van Damme, who met with Wu when he was filming Double Impact in Hong Kong. Yeah. Which we've covered, you see. It's all connected. It's almost like we did this on purpose. Yeah, but we didn't, because we're not that organised, are we? No. Not as organised as Emile Fouchon. 
Speaking of him, that's played by Lance Henriksen. He accepted the role, stating that he was a great fan of John Woo, noting that his earlier films were so creative, so balletic. They were. They were ballet of violence, weren't they? And had this incredible philosophy in them. The violence was only a container for the philosophy, is what he said. It's very true, actually. If you do, if you watch The Killer especially, that is very, very much based on other things going on. And obviously, yes, there's lots of violence and there's lots of shooting and that, lots of death and blood and... But uh, there are underlying stories that are very, very strong in that as well. Uh, Yancy Butler, she's in it. She plays Natasha Nat Bender. Binder. Binder. They're all called Binder, yeah. I, oh, I, I wrote Bender. That No, I wrote that down. I thought, what, he's called a Bender. He's not, he's called Binder. My notes are full of Benders. Mm-hmm, as they often are. Uh, there was a love scene shot between Nat and Chance. Um, Chance. It was included in John Woo's first cut of the film, but it ended up on the cutting room floor prior to release. As did uh, Nat and Chance. <laughs> I bet Van Damme just said, well, I don't care if it's in the actual finished film. We're yeah. having it. Well, we're filming it. <laughs> the Dirty Dog. you got Arnold Vosloo. He plays Pick Van Cleef, named yeah. after Lee Van Cleef, the actor yeah. from the Westerns. And uh, Pick, which uh, I think they called Willow. <laughs> no, I think it was Peck. Doesn't matter, it's a joke. One of the uh, Universal executives said that the strong chemistry between Vosloo and Henriksen, uh, that they were basically thinking about having them team up in some sort of film together again after this, which would have been great. It would have been, yeah. They, Vosloo, are, they are good in they this. They are really good yeah. in it, yeah. I mean, I, I do like Lance Henriksen. I think he's done some great stuff. His voice is absolutely superb as well in everything he's been in. I liked him when he was in Millennium, the series. It was the offshoot of... Um, the X-Files. Yeah. Yeah, by Chris Carter. His, his voice is amazing in everything yeah. he's been in. And he's been in some absolutely fantastic like genre films and stuff, yeah. hasn't he? He's just like long, long list of stuff. Yeah, really like Lance Henriksen. And Arnold Vosloo, he's... Um, he's in Pumpkinhead. He is, yeah. He, he's in, um, obviously, he said The Mummy. It's his most famous one, isn't it? Oh, so Arnold Vosloo. Sorry, yeah. I was talking about Lance Henriksen. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I drifted away like you had earlier. Fucking hell. to start all this whole episode again. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. <laughs> yes, yeah. I was going to say, I can't remember Arnold Vosloo in Pumpkinhead. I thought no, you I thought you were uh, just going to tell me he was make, made up as a zombie or something. No, I drifted away when you were talking about Lance Henriksen. And... See, that's what I did. I was thinking of Lance Henriksen whilst you were talking Sorry, about John yeah. Woo. And but... now I'm talking about Arnold Vosloo and you're thinking of Lance Henriksen again. <laughs> God damn what it. is it about you, Lance? What Thinking you... of Lance Henriksen, it could be a T-shirt for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, should, we should record an album. <laughs> yeah, Honor Bosley, the mummy, go on. True, he was in that. Thank you. The end. What was the, the serial was, killer um, film? Um, Diary of a Serial Killer. Yeah, I remember yeah, that with one. Gary Boosie. Where Gary Boosie dresses, say, up, yeah. he dresses up in drag. Again. Um, yeah, and uh, is a... <laughs> He's approached by men. He's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) It's Gary Boosie. Look at the size of that guy, dressed as a woman. Anyway, uh, still. Um, He's also in, Arno Voslo, took over from Liam Neeson in the Darkman sequels. He did, yeah. So there we go. Another connection there between the Sam Raimi films. Yeah. So there we go. It's it's just, and we haven't even started talking about this film yet. We haven't got time. We haven't got time to even talk about it. So <laughs> join us next time, where we might get around to it. Got a plot for you, Ken? You ready? Mm-hmm. A woman hires a drifter as a guide through New Orleans in search of her missing father. In the process, they discover a deadly game of cat and mouse behind his disappearance. 
Nice. And then also, obviously, some keywords. Yeah. Cat and mouse. That's, yeah, that's three of them. <laughs> that's three. And is yeah, one of them. Yeah. <laughs> We've got mullet. Yes. Absolutely. I think that is vital to the plot. Tough guy. Well, yeah, yeah. I well. want to be a tough guy. <laughs> With a mullet, yeah. <laughs> tough guy. Uh, drifter. Yeah. Around the house kick. <laughs> Yeah. Kicked in the stomach. Yeah, okay, that's not overly key, is it? Look, carry on. <laughs> Punched in the stomach. Yeah, that also happens. Though. It's just things that are in it. Kicked yeah. in the face. <laughs> okay. Punched in the face. <laughs> Bullet to ballet. Oh, yes, there you go. There's your John Woo. Kung Fu. Mm, yeah, okay. Gun Fu. Mm, really? Exploding motorcycle. Yes, spoilers. Exploding car. Mm, spoilers. Exploding body. Yes. Nice. Spoilers. Spoilers. Two taglines. Yes, go on. Catch him if you can. Said in that way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, the Tom Hanks film. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. O- Oscar hunting Tom Hanks, of course. Yeah, that's him, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, don't really. No, I don't know. I don't care for that one. Don't hunt what you can't kill. Yeah, I prefer that one. Especially in the accent. That's on the... Uh, I've got that on my DVD. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chuck Farrer, the writer, he's uh, plays a cameo in this. As? Douglas Binder. Oh, okay. Right, so he's the dad. Well, he, he starts running the film the off then, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he starts does. us off. After we get some slow-mo, obviously. We get the slow-mo arrowhead uh, flying through the air. We get some close-ups. And, um, yeah, and then that gives us the title. Hard. Target. Yeah, and as you say in the uh, like um, title sequences, like back in these days, were super. Yeah, and this has got a great one. Yeah, yeah. It's slow mo arrowheads and everything. It's just brilliant. Yeah, got shots of the steel crossbows flying through the air, spinning. Yeah, with the sound effect as it's moving as well through the air. Just yeah, it's just great. We see Arnold Voslo and Henriksen. They're there. They're watching on. Yeah, it looked like. Um, at this point, is, is Tito Bartos in there from Marked for Death? Is he one of the people hunting? The ex-Manchester United goalkeeper. Is that his name? <laughs> no, his name Bartos then. I don't know, the fucking the Colombian guy in Marked I believe for he, Death. I believe he is, yeah. He's him, isn't he? Yeah. He looks exactly the same. He's wearing the same outfit. So yeah, he's <laughs> so so straight so off so the you set. So you know in Marked for Death, where we said, don't really know what happened to him. Yeah. I think we do now. He moved to New Orleans <laughs> and started hunting homeless men. <laughs> After the drug business fell out. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, well, I suppose I've always got the backup. And that's what he went to do. Yeah. So it's good to see he's still doing something, still active. Henriksen uh, speaks into a, um, he's got a walkie-talkie and he says that if he reaches the river, he's won. Which we're like, what the hell does that mean? What could it possibly mean? That's right, because, you know, if we go into the film without knowing what the film's about, what? <laughs> but obviously, if you do know what it's about, it makes perfect sense, so you don't have to question it. There's one guy in particular that's very eager to catch him. He's, he's got a high-tech crossbow, and he actually sh- ends up shooting him in the shoulder against a tree at one point. Mm, yeah. And that's when we get a kind of a little mini shootout here, where there's a, this is one of many gas tanks that gets blown up in this film. There's about 12 <laughs> of them. They all get blown up. 
<laughs> well, quite right. You shouldn't have gas tanks just laying about the place. It's on fire and it rolls down like next to a bike as someone's yeah, shooting at him and it I blows do, the bike up. I do like that as well. That's slow motion as well, isn't it? Because it's rolling down the hill. Yeah. yeah. It's brilliant. Honestly, the, whole, the action set pieces in this are fantastic. They really are. And they make up the bulk of the film. So what's not to love? You got Bender, he's sort of crawling away. He, he crawls past a uh, like a wooden hut. And um Pick, his name, Pick Van Cleef. That's him, yeah. Gets a grenade launcher out and blows the fucking shack up. I like how even though Yeah, so that even though this is covered by the coroner, I like how they can still just blow things up on the docks <laughs> in New Orleans and everyone's fine. You don't get police turning up. I'd tell you who's not the police chief. Who? Bloody Carl Weathers, no, he'd be I'll all over it. He'd be all over this, wouldn't he? Wait. Things just blowing up, exploding in the middle of the night. But nobody can see it. Come on. If we get us all over it at the threat exactly. of sexual violence. Well, yeah, and that's that's the reason we'd close the case in record time. He he does reach the rip when he reaches the sort of um the harbour bit, doesn't he? The 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 dock. Yes, yeah, and, and believes he's uh, victorious. He's uh, reached the the place he was supposed to reach. It's all over. He's a happy man. Except no, he gets crossbow bolts through the back. Yeah, and he falls through the slats in the in the docks. He breaks through one of the boards and ends up falling into the river. And he's dead. They fish him out. He one of his crossbow bolts. It pierces him. He's got some military dog tags on. Yes. They pull his body from the river and pick Van Cleef. He cuts. He's, he's basically he's wearing some sort of belt which has got ten thousand dollars in it. Cuts it from him. Takes it with him. Yeah. You lose. Doesn't say it, but good of them. Uh, Emil Fouchon, Lance Henriksen. He asks the man who was hunting uh, Binder if the experience is worth it, and he says every nickel. Yeah, so that's the opening scene. It's a great opening scene, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a really good action packed. So you've got loads of slow motion in the first like three or four minutes, but it sets everything out. There you go. You, you meet the bad guys. You can you know that one of the guys in charge of the guys a cold blooded hunter type, and they've yeah. got a gang, and they're all out to murder people who are trying to escape. Yeah, it's a game. Seen it many times before. <laughs> we'll see it many times again. <laughs> We cut to a young woman in the next day. Her name's Nat Binder. She arrived in town from Detroit City. Woohoo! Detroit Rock City. Oh, yeah! She's looking yeah. for her dad. Spring break! <laughs> <laughs> She's looking for her dad, and this, that turns out to be the man who was killed by the hunters. Yeah, it's a shame when she finds that out. She, she goes to him, she goes to look for him at the local soup kitchen. Like, I've... <laughs> Previously been to a soup kitchen during the Marked for Death. Yes, and, uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Doesn't look like the one that was on this one. No, no, well, Steven Seagal's not there. Even though he said, you go to any of them, you'll find the guy exactly. like me. He's not there. There's a load of homeless people at this one. The one I went to was people having 11s. Yeah, having cake. Yeah. Having scones and tea. And whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to the local mission. She finds out that her father... Oh, she Actually, she goes first to like this house that he was living at, doesn't she? Yeah. She finds like a box full of his old shit, pictures of him in like uniform and a picture of her. A picture of Captain Crease from uh, uh, Karate <laughs> Kid. He's in there yeah. in full camo <laughs> near a plant. Yeah. She finds out that he's an unemployed manual labourer. And we we find out ourselves that he was an army veteran and he's been sleeping rough on the streets. Yeah, I like uh, the character she meets, uh, Roper. Yes. Yeah, an old friend. An he old looked- friend of her dad's. Originally, I put not Bill Cosby because he looks a bit uh, like Bill it's Cosby. It's not though. You're right. Yeah. No. Yeah, he's an old army buddy. I like it because he says uh, he says I was in the service myself, and she says really, 
And I was like, he's fucking got the uniform on. <laughs> he's still wearing his uniform. Well, even he pauses and looks at her and goes, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, he's got his army gear on. <laughs> so, no. So I haven't seen him around for a while, but if I do see him, I'll let you know. And he, she's like, thanks. Yeah, cheers then. Anyway, we cut to a mullet on a bar stool. Yeah, with some excellent guitar. It's Jean-Claude Van Damme. It's Chance Boudreau. Yeah, he's not playing the guitar, by the way. That no. is the music that's just accompanying the scene. Some great music, though, isn't it? Some great close-ups. You've got a gold hoop earring in the one ear. Yeah. You've got a, the mullet. He's eating a bowl of gumbo. <laughs> sure is. It's New Orleans. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> how's that gumbo, Chance? And he says, a tragedy. The coffee was tolerable, though, and it's like fucking Gordon Ramsay over it. <laughs> Nat walks in. She's, she can't find her dad. Uh, she does go to the French Quarter, which is where, uh, obviously, Chance is, because, see, French Quarter. Oh, yeah. The yeah. accent. Yeah, sacré bleu. She goes into the diner that Chance is in, and she asks for change for the payphone, and whilst doing that, she gets out a big old sweaty wad of money. Yes, what is wrong with people? You don't even do that in a nice area. No, but she's out of her element. She doesn't know where she is. She doesn't know anybody there. She's flashing the cash. Young, attractive woman going to get some attention. And then she does that. Thankfully, nothing happens and she just goes on her way. <laughs> oh, no, but wait. No, there's there's a couple of hoodlums watching her from the corner. And, and Chance obviously knows this already. He spotted the hoodlums who have spotted her. We get slow-mo of him just walking out the diner, which I thought was a an overuse of slow-mo, which no, we get no, a lot no, more. No, 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 it's perfect. It's perfect because look at him. <laughs> it could be worse. You could have a close-up of his muscles. <laughs> yeah, but some more guitar as he walks. It's Western. It's a Western all the way through. You get Charles Bronson in the corner playing his harmonica. <laughs> it's going to be brilliant. Before Chance leaves the place, he does. He uses the reflection of the door and has a little look at these guys. They're all pointing towards... Um, Nat, who's on the phone, you know, something's about to happen. She goes outside to her car. That's when four goons attack her with the intention of robbing and foul rape. <laughs> Potentially. Potentially. I think robbing is the first thing, isn't it? They're, they're, they're out going to steal the money. That's Broad daylight, seen. middle of the street. There's but, people walking past. Yeah. So maybe, maybe rape's on the back burner at this time. Well, I don't know. It's an action film. Back so alley maybe, burner, maybe I believe. Not. Yeah, because <laughs> she hits the guy, and the guy slaps her around the face. She slow mo falls, bent over the car, and then he's sort of grabbing her ass, isn't he? At that oh point. yeah, so probably, probably foul rape a hoy. Hello, pretty lady. Leave me the hell alone. We'll take. Put a little extra, honey. <laughs> Having fun? Why don't you do yourself a favor, boy? I think the favor gonna be done for you. <laughs> I said get lost. Now take your big stick and your boyfriend find a bus to catch. Oh, this guy's funny. 
one of them says, oh, this guy's funny. It's like, is he? Yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? Why, why, what did he say? <laughs> and he's like, I'm not actually that sure, to be honest. Uh, as we said, John Woo did state this was his version of a Western, and he even adds the hand moving. He moves the jacket out of the way, which yeah. is usually where there's a revolver. But yeah. It's for his lethal weapon leg <laughs> <laughs> that he round the house kicks with. It <laughs> <laughs> does. A nice round the house kick, someone off the bonnet of the car. Yeah. Yeah, this actually looked like it hurt a lot. Yeah, quite, a lot of it does. Quite a lot of these fights look like they hurt. I don't know if John Woo does that. In Hong Kong, it's totally different, isn't it? Where if your stuntmen aren't in hospital by the end of the yeah. film, you've not made a good film. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Jackie Chan will attest to that one. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it does look like a lot of this hurts. I can't make up who's the worst in the gang, whether it's the, the one guy who lets Van Damme smash a bottle in his own face <laughs> with his own hand. <laughs> I don't know, you know, you, you get that, don't you? What are you hitting yourself for? What are you hitting yourself for? <laughs> bottle just blinds himself. <laughs> or maybe the leader who, he, thro- he he goes running at him like they're in a joust. He like goes with his arms straight out with the knife. Van Damme moves. And, like, a, like a zombie. Yeah. Yeah, like a really quick zombie. Van Damme moves and gives him around the house kick to the back of the head and he goes flying through the window. There's yeah. also a, there's an arm snap, which looks yeah. pretty poor. Oh, I don't know. I liked it. I <laughs> like the broken arm. When it's actually, it's, it's cool, but when it's actually over the arm, like the actual arm looks so like fake. No, it's real. <laughs> yeah, it, it's really good. It's uh, a lot of it's in slow-mo as well, which is The kicks better. in slow-mo yeah, are great. Yeah, the, the one on the guy good. off the bonnet is great. Yeah. He goes still up, looks like it hurts in slow-mo though, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. So it looks it's, like he's flat, actually doing it. Yeah. He's flat back bumping on a fucking car yeah. bonnet, man. That's got to hurt. He goes up to uh, Nat afterwards and he says... You know, it's a shame. This used to be such a nice part of town. <laughs> oh, I'm only here for these impressions, you know. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> yeah, wait till I start doing my Nancy Butler impressions <laughs> later. <laughs> you know, it's a shame. This used to be such a nice part of town. Next time, be more careful when you show your wallet. Uh, he tells Nat that she needs to be more careful in New Orleans, and then we get some slow-mo walking away again. Oh, yeah, his job is done. And the, the, I would love for anything, if I ever said anything, I say cool, but he hasn't said much. <laughs> He's just said, be careful. Yeah. Anything like that, if I just entered a scene or something, to have this guitar music playing yeah, at all times. it is brilliant, isn't it? Nat heads into the police station to talk to a cop who's having a little birthday party for one. Yeah, that's sad, isn't it? She interrupts her and uh, she doesn't even blow the candle out on the cake she's bought for herself. She just puts it in her desk drawer. Yeah, still the health and safety nightmare, that is. <laughs> it really is. Why the fuck you do that? I don't know. Why would you even sit there with a cake at work? Why don't you wait till you get home? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, talk about all yeah. attention seeking. If you've got time to go and buy a cake and a candle and bring it in, put yeah, it in there and, and light it. And sit at work, sit at your desk at work when no one else is even there. Yeah. Then come on, do yeah. it at home. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the cop, her name's Mitchell. She asks Nat to come back tomorrow. She's just pulled a double shift. Nat stares at her and she then pulled she... a double shift and she sat having a cake at her desk. <laughs> yeah, she's well, yeah, she's really overworked, didn't she? Nat stares at her and uh, Mitchell decides, actually, you know what? I'll help you now. Uh, she asks her for a recent picture or an address and Nat explains that her parents divorced 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Her father's homeless. Mm-hmm. Douglas Binder. Yeah. Binder. Binder. The only photo she has of them is on a fishing trip when she was a child. 
Yeah, with Captain Crease uh, in the background. <laughs> Mitchell says the biggest load of bollocks I've ever heard now. She says, in order to be missing, you need to be living in a house. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> it would be somewhere you have to be missing from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? It means if you have no address, then how do we know you're not there? How do we know you're not just somewhere else? Well, that's true, isn't it? I think, yeah. <laughs> just someone just drops off the face of the earth. Well, they didn't have a house, so yeah. who gives a fuck? <laughs> uh, Mitchell tells her to canvas the missions in town, ask at the shelters, tells her to get someone who knows the city to show her around, or she will be filing a missing persons report on Nat if she had a house, which she doesn't, so fucking... Yeah, she doesn't live there, so we'll never find out anything, anything from anybody. Anyway, Nat leaves. She goes back to her birthday cake, which is sort of like burned everything inside of her desk drawer. Yeah, she's on fire. Burns to death. Does the full Michael Myers on fire walk to uh, the bin. <laughs> throws the cake away. <laughs> Walks back to her desk. Starts typing. Yeah. Pulled a double shift. <laughs> she ain't got time to be on fire. <laughs> she actually just blows the candle out and oh, we, yeah, fade sorry, to, yeah, yeah. we fade to uh, the docks and it's Chance. He's there watching a seagull. Yeah, Stephen. <laughs> Thinking about his mullet. <laughs> Thinking about Lance Henriksen. <laughs> As we've all been doing. Nat comes over, says hello, says that the people at the cafe told her he'd be here. They said that he always looks at seagulls on the docks in the morning. It'd <laughs> be great if he was doing the splits. <laughs> on two seagulls. Yeah. <laughs> They're lifting him. <laughs> Just lifting each leg. <laughs> Nat asks him to escort her whilst uh, she searches for her father and she offers him $100 a day. And he says, doing what? And she says, for a hundred dollars, does it really matter? And he says, actually it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's a matter of principle. <laughs> he turns her down and he hears his name called Jans Boudreau. Like that. He's able to be a seaman, as it turns out, and he looks to leave on a ship soon. Is that because he's an able seaman? He's yeah. an able seaman, yeah, yes. That's what you mean, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I've written, yeah. Let me do that again. No, I like that. <laughs> okay, brilliant. <laughs> looks like looks like I'm going to be out of town. Way out of town. That's what he says. <laughs> boingy, boingy, boingy. <laughs> Kicks a seagull out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chance goes up, shoots the ship with the guy calling the names out. Um, talking about breaking his last captain's jaw. Mm-hmm. And he says, that was a big misunderstanding. <laughs> You make sure I said a big hello. He says big, like <laughs> yeah, elongates he does, yeah. it twice. Quite right. But before he heads off, ready to depart for a new life, maybe a new haircut, maybe I don't know. Less be a shame, wouldn't it? It would be. Yeah. Be ashamed. Maybe. That. Well, maybe he could gel it all upwards. <laughs> yeah, that would be a nice treat. <laughs> That'd be a good look. Before he can depart. Um, he's told by the guy that he can't work unless he pays his back union dues, which is $217. Chance says, how the hell am I supposed to pay that? You of all people should know, <laughs> I cannot pay this money. But he does say that if he gets on this trip, he'll be able to pay it from the money he's going to get paid for it. But of course, that's not how it works. No, he says no one goes on um, in debt on my docks or some shit. No one goes on my docks in debt? Yes. Nobody in debt goes on my docks. He tells Chance that the ship doesn't sail until the end of the week, so he does have time to get the money. Where the hell is he going to find that kind of dough in a week, Ken? Maybe he could go work in a diner, waitressing alongside Cynthia Rothrock. I think he probably could, especially with tips. 
Maybe he could ferry a couple of horny old wolves over to Twin <laughs> Island. <laughs> that sure pays well. Maybe fight for the New York Mafia over at the, uh, you know, who are dipping their toes into the lucrative dojo market. Yes, yes. I hear Seattle's rich pickings. <laughs> <laughs> no, it turns out he's taking that up on her offer to find her father. Oh. We get a great reveal as he appears from behind some oil drums to his signature music. Yeah, some more guitar. He doesn't even appear. Somebody just drives away, so he's yeah. just stood there. Which means, like, <laughs> if, if, imagine if they hadn't moved. Yeah. He'd have never accepted that job. <laughs> Which means as well that as she was driving away, he would have had to have run past her <laughs> to get around the side of that. <laughs> just like, where the fuck's he going? In his big, long coat. Yeah, she just watches him run. It's like, oh. Does a, like a fucking spin over a bonnet like he does in every other yeah. scene. <laughs> yeah, but then he is there. He is there and he looks so cool. She agrees to his help for two days. For two, He asks for the exact amount that he needs. That's all he wants. He doesn't want to rinse this woman. $217. For two days' work. However, she did only offer $100 a day. So what, is she just throwing that extra $8.50 in? Is she? That's very good of her, if that's the case. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> Just working out the uh, the finances. <laughs> she asked him to drive. He declined, saying he can't drive. And uh, off they head to get the plot of the movie up and running. Question, yeah, of, co- of course, the fact that he can't drive is vital to the plot. Uh, never why mentioned is, again, who cares? I was going to say, why is that included? Because no, he, he does drive later. Uh, yeah, it's just like, well, okay, whatever. Why would that ever be included? <laughs> it makes no sense. Maybe he just says, I don't drive, as in he just refuses to. Oh, yeah. Maybe that's... That's maybe, a woman's job, he says. Yeah. He only drives motorcycles and horses because it's a Western-style film. Maybe yeah. that's it. First order of business is to take the piss out of the name, obviously. And no, not Chance Boudreau. It's Nat's name first up. Chance asks, why, do we, why did her parents name her after a bug? Yeah, it's not that funny, is it? She I tells it was like Nat King Cole. She tells him it's because her father was homeless. <laughs> and his best friend was a bug. <laughs> <laughs> Saved his life once. Vietnam. <laughs> she then fires back, what kind of name is Chance? And he explains, well, my mama took one. Does he mean a penis? Yeah, right in there. It's kind of graphic, don't you think? Well, that's happens. The penis alarm just gone off. Nat turned off the tits alarm. <laughs> Nat laughs at the thought of Chance's mom getting fucked, and he, uh, he asks her how did she choose her? <laughs> and he asks her uh, how did she lose her papa? <laughs> <laughs> papa Binder. <laughs> Sounds like some old uh, Jewish character <laughs> in Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> you would know. <laughs> so it was, not it? Yeah. Ken was in a stage player, but he wasn't in the film, so don't go looking for him. No, no, I wasn't. No, I played Yussel, the hat maker, in, uh, <laughs> in the, the uh, live school production of Fiddler on the Roof. Was Yussel, the hat maker, in the film? Uh, probably not, no. I think I was so good, they uh, they made the character for me for the school production. So no, he's in the script. I just think he got cut from the film because it's pointless. Because you were only two years old when it was made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Topol wanted to wait for me, but uh, the studio was having none of it. We hear again about her parents being divorced and her father moving away, but thankfully it fades out and back in again at the end of the story. And she told us that they wrote each other regularly until recently when the letters stopped. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's kind of like uh, Out of Reach, the Steven Seagal pen pal film. Fucking what a great <laughs> plot. I love that for me to do that on this. <laughs> Definitely. That's the most ridiculous plot well, it's device. The same, same thing happens. Imagine <laughs> Steven Seagal. He, no, no, we'll save it for the bloody episode. No, but the same thing happens. She goes to find out what's going on. Yeah. In Out for Reach. Seagal does. He goes to find out why the letters have stopped. In fairness, he goes from she goes from Detroit to New Orleans to find yeah. out. And oh, it's yeah. Have dad. you looked up how long that is? No. Uh, well, she's in a car, isn't she? Yeah. That's 15 hours, 50 minutes. So, you know, she's travelled. It's, it's probably a, it's, it's closer for, well, I don't know, he's in America, is he? Steve? Oh, well, fuck it. We'll find out later when we do I mean, that In episode. fairness, it is her dad. <laughs> it's not some <laughs> I fucking... I suppose it's not some orphan. <laughs> it's not an actual pen pal. <laughs> it's not an orphan she's never met. <laughs> they arrive at the mission anyway, and Chance has a friend there that can help them. And it turns out it's Elijah again. Yeah, what are the chances of that? What's his last name? Roper. 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 Elijah Roper. It's on his uh, It's on his fatigues. Roper says, have you got a bottle of hot sauce on you? He says to Seagal, uh, not Seagal, <laughs> he definitely would. <laughs> yeah, he's not sharing it though, is he? <laughs> yes, he has uh, chance. And he says, what would be the chance of that? Brilliant. No, he doesn't say that. He should have. Yeah, he hasn't got any fucking hot sauce. What the hell? Why would he have hot sauce on him? Don't know. What a stupid question. In New Orleans. <laughs> it's just carrying pockets full of hot sauce. Pockets full of hot sauce is one of our albums, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, very popular in, in down south. Elijah says he has something he wants to show Nat. Is it gumbo? Well, she's. is it my father? And he says, no, it's the next best thing. It's <laughs> which my it really, father. <laughs> which it really fucking isn't. It's, it's your mum. <laughs> Yeah, it's not the next best thing. It turns out it's a tiger-striped sleeping bag in an abandoned shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> what a great thing to show people. Oh, thank goodness I've seen that. I was hoping it was me dad. <laughs> 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 it's some rubbish in a cart. He's like, don't you see? This is like the one that your dad used to use all the time. She gets emotional. She starts crying over it. It's like the one. It's not even his. So like, this is what they, we were issued back in the day. He used so, to use so, one of these. So it's not her dad's? It is, it is, yeah. Oh, right. There's a briefcase which she opens and she finds like letters that uh, she'd sent to him. And also a fucking massive framed photo. Of Why the Captain fuck Crease. Would... <laughs> <laughs> the karate kid. Of Chance Boudreaux. <laughs> Close of all of his muscles. Yeah. <laughs> it's a massive framed photo of her family. Why would you keep the frame? Exactly. <laughs> it's like three photos, isn't it? Like It's not even one big one. <laughs> Why the fuck is he keeping for, the big for frame? The, for the, for space, you'd probably remove the frame, possibly even sell it if you're on the streets. Yeah. You know, and uh, just keep the photos. Fucking yeah, hell. So that's where your priorities lie there, in nostalgia. She also, uh, you know, it's a beautiful moment, and uh, they, they put a, a you know, full stop on it by showing us that he had a load of flyers advertising the, be- the best phone sex in New Orleans. Yeah, which I thought, bloody hell, he was busy, wasn't he? Binder, yeah. <laughs> offering that kind of service. I wonder if it's the same one from Hobgoblins. <laughs> yeah. What was she called now? Fantasia. Fantasia, yeah, yeah, in the baboon pit. Uh, Chance tells her not to be offended. Uh, he would have posted them up for money. We cut to an, the entrepreneur responsible for this. His name is Randall Poe. Mm. He's, do- he's a great scene as well. He's doling out the flyers to other. There's a fucking massive queue. Imagine how many of these flies you'd see in New Orleans if all these people delivered. Yeah. How much phone sex can you possibly handle down there in New Orleans? 
well, let us know. Badmoviecult at gmail.com. <laughs> Our listeners from New Orleans. Yeah. We've got some. Yeah. Phone sex. Is that for you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like an advert as well, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not a service we do, by the way. It's just a question. It's research. Chance and Nat, they head into his office. They ask uh, about Nat's dad and he gets all shifty saying he's not too good with names. Uh, Chance lights a match in slow-mo. Uh, do you reckon he can turn that on and off, the slow-mo, or do you reckon it just happens randomly to him? He's like, oh, no, shit, I, I, not again. No, I think it's just natural. Yeah. Um, Randall Poe, he tries it, uh, lighting his cigar with the match, and Chance blows it out before he can. In slow-mo as well. Yeah. It's a so slow-mo he, blowout. So he does, in fact, get to light it and <laughs> smoke off of it by the time he's blown it out, because it doesn't affect anyone else's slow-mo. No, it's just Van Damme, yeah. <laughs> we get a voice at the door, more slow-mo, as we reveal... Pick Van Cleef. Yes, it's Pick. Pick Van Cleef has thunder as his entrance music now. Yeah, it's brilliant. And the the fact the, the way he says it, Randall. Yeah, <laughs> Randall. He's South African, yeah, I guess. He supposed is, to yeah, be. Yeah, well, he is South African. It's not supposed to be. He is. Oh, is he? Yeah. One of us. I don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, everyone's throwing their own accents in this mm. one. Yeah, no one cares. Yeah, Randall. <laughs> I love the way he says it. <laughs> he fixes a uh, chance with a stare that looks. It would make Pennywise from It proud of that stare he's yeah, giving him. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, I shit my pants. <laughs> yeah, I was just sat on my sofa. I shit them. I remember shitting them back in the old days as well, back in the 90s. Chance tells him that they were just leaving. Yeah, see? Even he's not sure. Yeah. So it's a withering stare. It really is. They head back to the car. She's saying that, why did we leave? I wanted to stay because I'm not. I'm a fucking hard case. And he says, no, that's not how we do things in New Orleans. I don't know what's happening in the streets of Detroit. I know you've got Robocop fucking hanging around there, but down here, you got to get the fuck Your out of Your move, creep. As they head back to the car, there's a police officer approaches them with some bad news. They've found her father's body. How do they know it's her father? No fucking idea. I think does, I does he say that? Does he say that? Because obviously he's not even missing due to not having a, an address. Surely if he hasn't got an address, he hasn't also got a list of his like next of kin written on him. Yeah. Has he? Well, he has got his dog tags. I suppose, yeah. A chance in that they talk to the birthday cake detective, also called Marie Mitchell. <laughs> the birthday cake detective should potentially be a film pitch. <laughs> yeah, I've added her to the Steel Donkeys pitch that we're coming up with later. She only has uh, scattered evidence to work with. However, Nat's father's remains have been discovered in a burnt-out warehouse. Uh, because he was homeless, it was assumed that he'd been squatting when the place had burned down Ugh. with him inside. <laughs> uh, so he got burnt to death mid-squat. Yeah. Oh, that's the last thing you want. Is that why he's called the Sasquat? <laughs> it's always in <laughs> pooping position. Yes, I believe so. We cut to Poe. He's sleeping in his bed in his office, but he's not alone in there. Rendell. <laughs> it's a threesome. Arnold Vosler and Lance Henriksen, they're all in there with him. Yeah, and this, this is brilliant. Voslo, right, or Pick Van Cleef, wakes him up by just chopping him square in the stomach and says the line, Wakey, wakey, you fat fuck. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favourite line in the film. (laughs) Oh, it's brilliant. You don't get lines like that anymore. Just calls him a fat fuck. Oh, God. 
Mr. Fushaw, what are you doing here? Don't talk, Randall. Listen. Oh, don't worry about Randall. Huh? He's all ears. When Mr. Van Cleef came upon your visitors yesterday, you neglected to tell him that they were inquiring about one of our volunteers. That, that was nothing, Mr. Fushaw. Oh, it was something, Randall. Pig takes his opportunity to use a pair of scissors to cut one of Poe's earlobes off. Yeah, yeah, he's got that in his, in his scissors, hasn't he? If you don't tell us the information, it'll cut your ear off. It looks nasty as well, that does as well. Imagine that. Yeah. And your earlobe in a pair of scissors. Yeah. But Good thing he doesn't have one of those children's safety scissors. They'd have been there all fucking day. <laughs> the plastic one. Yeah, with like a mermaid on it or something. Uh, Fushan asks for the name of the man they killed, and when uh, Poe tells him his name was Binder... Fushion says that that wasn't the guy that they asked for. Mm. This guy had a family, and now they're asking questions. Poe tells them that they that he couldn't get the guy that they asked for, so he switched them. So you see, like j- during this whole thing, Fushan and uh, Pick they they choose people with no no past, no history, you know, no family, no friends that will miss them if they've gone. That's the correct way to choose victims. Poe says <laughs> it's a golden age of serial killers, isn't it? Pick a prostitute. No one's going to report them missing. Pick Van Cleef. Except for Pick Van Cleef. Yeah. Poe says he's sorry and he'll make it up to him. Fushan tells him that they have a new client and this time he will send them the one they actually asked for. Get some money out, like moves it in front of him and he follows the money with his yeah, eyes like does, a yeah. fucking... Like a little fat piggy. <laughs> After some... Rendel, Rendel, Rendel. And as he, as he follows the money, uh, Fushan just fucking smashes him in the face <laughs> knocks him to the ground he's got he's blood brilliant. all over his hands he is brilliant Lance Hedricks is super as he leaves he washes his hand in, in his fishbowl yeah he does Yeah, he's got <laughs> blood on his hands hasn't he yeah. yeah he doesn't have blood on your hands That's no, no proper bad guy leaves with blood on your hands yeah and Pick Van Cleef says the uh, goldfish are pissed in there you know <laughs> he's like oh, whatever oh, pissy hands over here pissy hands Fouchon <laughs> Is that a name for the film pitch? <laughs> yeah, why not? I think we understand each other. Yes? No? Yes. Yeah. Randall, I come back here. I cut me a steak. As Fushan leaves, Pick Van Cleef promises that if he has to come back here, he's cutting himself a steak. And sticks the scissors into the wall as he leaves. Yeah, so he, d- he does cut off his ear, by the way. Yeah, he, d- he does actually close the scissors on his earlobe. That's gone. Yeah, I've said it before. What, fuck it, Arnold Vosloff's so fucking good in this film. Yeah, he he does. That that first look where he's stood in the doorway. He just It's looks, like Pennywise without yeah, makeup. He, he needs the makeup to do it. It's terrifying. He yeah. really does. Uh, meanwhile, Chance and Nat, they're at the local bar. Nat's sad about her father, wanting to know why he didn't ask her for help. And Chance says... I've lived out there on the streets. It's hard. <laughs> this is uncanny. <laughs> he says her father probably loved her so much he didn't want to tell her how he was living. And we get a chance now, cut away to, for some... I don't know why they include that in the film. We get a chance now, I suppose it's backstory for him, but we get even more backstory for now with some badass credentials for mm-hmm. Jean-Claude. Exactly. Fouchon's looking through his file and I've written it down. Name, Boudreaux, Chance, K. What do you think the K is? Karen? Um, Keith. 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 <laughs> Keith. 
Chance Keat Boudreau. Branch of Service, Marine Corps. Yeah, AWOL. Specific branch, reconnaissance. Tour of duty, he did six tours. Yeah. Three in Vietnam, one in Laos, and two in Cambodia. Fucking hell, he was busy. Citations, listen to this. Go on. Got a silver star, Mm -hmm. a purple heart, and a medal of valor. Jesus Christ. That's ridiculous. Not bad for a guy called Charles. There's a little bit of like, I didn't catch all of what's written underneath, but it's like a sort of like little summary from his uh, commanding officer, and it's fucking brilliant what I've got. Did you catch any of this? No, go on. Boudreaux has distinguished himself as a first-class marksman and an excellent tracker. Refused to leave Vietnam willingly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's much like myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, until he was finally reassigned. Boudreaux has always been a lone wolf. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Primary criticism. What do you reckon that is? Hair? <laughs> No, no. With with the uh, the lone wolf, what's um, what's his criticism? It's got to be um, aversion to authority. Yes, primary criticism is an unwillingness to accept command decisions. Yeah, there we go. Yes, hence why he refused to leave Vietnam. <laughs> <laughs> but the war's over. Chance him and Marlon Brando. Never. Never. Him and Brando in the fucking he got Rambo, wilderness. Rambo looking for him in part two because he's still out there. He's not a prisoner of war. He's got his own little shop and everything. Uh, Pick Van Cleef tells us that he joined the merchant service when he got out. Not himself, Boudreaux. Oh, he's still talking <laughs> he's, about him. Joins in. Hey, you know... Uh, <laughs> hey, what about me then? I did this. He says that Chance joined the merchant service when he got out. His captain was smuggling opium and when Boudreaux found out, he threw the man overboard. Imagine throwing your own captain of the boat overboard, but he did. Smuggling opium. He's been looking for work ever since. He was raised in the bayou by his uncle, is what he tells us. Yeah. And he says that uh, he thinks Boudreaux would make a very interesting quarry. Big mistake. He wonders if uh, he should pay him a visit, but Fouchon says no, and to just send a couple of guys to pay him a visit. A couple of lads, he says. Send a couple of say lads. lads. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was weird. You don't really yeah. hear the word lads from the uh, the US films. Yeah, like me and Ken, we're a couple of lads. <laughs> Aren't we just? Oh, prime example. You look up lads in the dictionary, <laughs> picture of bloody me and Ken be wild. Yeah, or, or probably more likely a definition of it. <laughs> yeah. It's unlikely as a picture Synonyms. of us. Unless you get a picture dictionary, which you probably haven't got because you're not children. And if you are, stop listening, we swear. Cunts. Yeah, cunts. <laughs> <laughs> a chance he's looking over the coroner's report from Nat's father when a slow-mo dove flies you, into frame. You know, because they're often available to <laughs> drifters. Yeah, readily available. Hello, I'm a drifter. I'd like to look at the coroner's report. That happens later when he's looking at a dead body and he zips up yeah. the bag. It's like, why the fuck are you allowed to do that? Like, Certainly, sir. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. It's like Mark for Death where the local high school football coach is uh, <laughs> arresting people. <laughs> So it doesn't matter. As long as you're a hero, you do what you want in yeah. these small towns. Yeah, we get a slow-mo dove, a classic of John yeah, Woo films. brilliant. I love a dove. I really do. Love a dove, of course, was uh, one of the uh, business entrepreneur style things I went for. 
I remember that, yeah. Yeah, awful. I actually got a got a quote here from John Woo about the, the doves in his films. Yeah, he says, mind your own fucking business, I like doves. He says, how the hell did you get my number? Who the hell, what the hell's the bad movie called? Why don't you go fuck yourself? Don't stop ringing me. He's talking about his doves and uh, <laughs> about his doves. And he says that he uses doves in key action sequences to stand for purity and the hero's journey. Nice. See? Spiritualism. Uh, to make the action track with the New Orleans setting, though, Wu utilised friendly pigeons instead of doves in, uh, in in Hard Target, which he does, doesn't he? Like, this is the only time you see a dove in this. Yeah, it's nice, though, isn't it? Friendly pigeon. Yeah, the friendly pigeons. Yeah, that was yeah. our band at one point. That was early 60s. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the, the couple of lads, I think he said, so. there's two, two Clint Howards, aren't there? Well, one does look like one. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, just sends a couple of Clint Howards out there to uh, to rough him up a bit. Should say that the dove, when it when it flies into his house, it lands on top of uh, where he hangs his own dog tags. Chance looks down at the the report on Binder, and that only has one, and he just says, "Yeah," and exactly. it fades out. Yeah, he knows. And it fades back, and Chance is at the warehouse where Binder died. He finds the other dog tag, which has a odd looking hole in it. You may it's remember not like a that. bullet hole. No, but what kind of hole could it be? I don't know, like a crossbow bolt? You're jumping to conclusions, I Ken, am, yes. to fit in your own narrative. Well, that's because I've seen the previous footage. Oh, there right. is a chance has not had that um, that luck, whatever the fucking word is, that privilege. Chance? Well, that chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets attacked by two, two uh, Ron Howard Opportunity. <laughs> Two Ron Howard types, and they tell him to stop Clint asking. Clint Howard, it's not Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. Well, it could Fuck be either you. at this point. It's both of them, then. It's Clint and Ron. Yeah. The, the Howard boys have been uh, deployed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deploy the Howards. Uh, which one of them, if it's Ron or Clint, which one of them says, tell the girl that you're helping to point her titties north and step on the gas? It's Clint. Yeah, All it's day Clint. Long. Yeah. It, they, it, like, they beat him up, basically. And I thought like that he might like beat the shit out of these two, but he doesn't. There's two of them. Yeah. They're the Howards. Don't mess yeah, with, you don't mess with the Howards, yeah, it's, it's not in New Orleans. It's true. The next time you see him, he's arrested and he's taken into Mitchell at the police station. Nat's there as well at one point. He tells him about the dog tags and how they come in twos. So he went back to look for it. Says Binder's death was not accidental and he was definitely shot by a sharp-edged weapon. Given the strange holes in his dog tags, he reckoned it was probably some sort of projectile... Yeah, arrow. Arrow thingy. Or something. On hearing this, Mitchell orders a new autopsy. Yeah, because uh, they cross out shark attack <laughs> yeah. in Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> just deletes that and just writes in shark attack. We cut to Fushan and he's playing the piano. This is the classic bad guy. I've mentioned this before. This is the epitome of rich bad guy. He's just sat playing a classical piece on the piano in a huge open white building. And oh, it's brilliant. We saw this in the Hulk Hogan film, yeah. Perfect Weapon, didn't we? Yeah, but this this was the bit that I think I referenced this in that bit as well. But yeah, this is superb. This is this just, oh, if I was ever a bad guy and I was rich, this is what I'd be doing. Interspersed with him playing the piano, we get Poe, who was in his own office talking to a potential new victim, and it's Roper. Yes. He tells, a lot, he tells Roper that... He has some well-paid work for him. He just needs to fill out this form and meet him at a later date. He accepts the offer. It's a, he gives him $100 just to fill the form in. Yeah, not bad. I'd, I'd have filled the form in. Poe asks him if he has any family or friends. 
And uh, he says that no, he doesn't. Signs his own death warrant. Big mistake. But it turns out that Poe's secretly been working with Fushan and Pip. Did you say death warrant? We'll do that later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't kill me, Burke. For those that don't know by now, Poe's been working secretly with Fushan and Pick, recruiting destitute men for their business. Uh, the two, uh, Fushan and Pick, they give rich men the chance to hunt human beings in various locations around the world for a price tag of $500,000. That's a lot of money, isn't it? New Orleans is their most recent base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they travel the they travel the country, don't they? Yeah. Off, offering this hunting facility. Although surely, surely some local police force would notice. <laughs> and just keep traveling. <laughs> without, picking his grenade launcher. Yeah, without any of the police noticing this. Pick, meanwhile, he's talking with a, a new client, telling him how to pay them securely and what he, we, what he will be provided with uh, for the hunt. He says, we pride ourselves on only hunting combat veterans. <laughs> yeah, nice one, Pick. Yeah, that would be worth hunting, though, you see. They've got the survival instinct. The necessary skills. Exactly. It's it's um, it's a story old as time, isn't it, this, yeah. to be honest? There's so many films that are based on humans hunting humans. I prefer the inexperienced child, child <laughs> uh, children from uh, Battle Royale. <laughs> I thought you meant you prefer hunting the inexperienced child. <laughs> Just... Well, after watching Battle Royale, I'm leaning more towards that. Yeah, it looks easier. It does look quite easy, doesn't it? In all fairness. They mainly just cry. Although they are, I don't know, though. They've got their own rules, (laughs) haven't they? So you get get what you're given in that one. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get like a high-velocity crossbow (laughs) just handed to you, do you? You might just get a plate. (laughs) (laughs) It's a dangerous game. Suck full of shit. A dangerous game, of course, is one of those films. You okay? Yeah. The most dangerous game, I think it's called. So I need yeah. to choke to death there, talking about killing kids. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bit overexcited. <laughs> uh, the client asks about how the police don't get involved, and uh, we are introduced to the other man in the room. Carl Weathers. He's <laughs> 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 like, just tips his hat. He's um, yeah. He hasn't got a hat, he's just got the brim of a hat <laughs> that he tips towards him. Yeah, he's not even wearing it. He's just yeah. got it in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> It's a doctor, he's called Dr. Morton, and he's the city coroner, and he covers up their crimes writing bogus autopsies. <laughs> At what point, detective, did you realise the autopsy was bogus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's some dialogue we don't get. Now, the client seems happy enough, and he agrees to transfer the funds. It's good of the doctor to ASAP. turn up just for the meeting, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being at work. nothing, yeah. <laughs> just saying like that. Hello? Yeah, it's true. I'm quite the... Uh, Forger? Silly goose. <laughs> the queer fish. The queer fish, yes. <laughs> uh, Chance, he later drops in on Poe while he's getting a massage and uh, starts pumping him for information. <laughs> yeah, the big fat sweaty guy, isn't he? Face down on a massage table. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite disgusting. Uh, he finds out through torturing Poe by pushing his face a bit into a padded cushion that it was Van Cleef who sent the goons after him. And he tells Poe to let Van Cleef know that he will find out who killed Douglas Binder. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It's, surely it's Van Cleef, isn't it? If he's after him, he must have had a hand in it at least. But yeah. anyway. Anyway, doesn't matter. We've got a quick shot of Morton, the coroner. He's looking worried because Mitchell's turned up asking him for another post-mortem for, ben- for Binder. She says no evidence has come to light that might make Binder's death a homicide. She tells Morton he can act on it or file it. 
but if she has to get a court order for a formal inquest, she will. Yeah, he actually just sets fire to it. Yeah. He just burns the file. <laughs> so, you know, they'll never find out now. Fouchon drops in on Morton at his home as he's burning the files. Yeah, he looks brilliant, doesn't he? The way he's just stood there in the doorway. Mm. Superb. Lance Henriksen's got a great face as well as a yeah. great voice. Just little lines in his face. Brilliant. He goes as a sit-down and uh, Morton tells Fouchon that Mitchell has ordered uh, Binder's body to be re-examined. Fouchon asks if she can uh, be bought off. Morton says no. No, apart from maybe a birthday cake and some friends. <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> She'd have probably accepted maybe that. Maybe two candles. <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> four candles. <laughs> <laughs> Handles for forks. <laughs> uh, the doorbell rings. Uh, Fouchon says you better go and get that then, you useless sack of shit. Yeah, he also says this will be our last hunt in New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's laid that out. This will be it. The doctor, he goes to the door. He looks through the sp- the, the spiral and uh, not the keyhole. Just bent down, <laughs> written keyhole. <laughs> through the letterbox. <laughs> Just hits Voslo in his dick. <laughs> oh. yeah, he, looks through, he, he looks through the spiral in his front door and as he does that, Pick is standing outside, puts the gun up to the, the the eyeglass and just shoots him through it. Yep, straight through the peephole. <laughs> You've been shot in the peephole? Well, twice. Yeah, yeah, it's not nice, is it? No. Fouchon tells Pick that due to the increased police attention, they'll conduct one last hunt in New Orleans and leave for Eastern Europe. They could work for years in Eastern Europe. <laughs> Imagine that. They have to take that coroner. Yeah. <laughs> He's no jurisdiction whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you'd have to get a new one. Of oh, course, right. yeah, I forgot he was dead. It's <laughs> like weekend at Bernie's <laughs> with him. <laughs> Just waving. <laughs> the parents. With sunglasses yeah. on. <laughs> and all of the victims' family. <laughs> oh, yeah. He just falls down face first as he's doing the, <laughs> the autopsy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Roper, he meets with Fouchon and Pick at the abandoned train yard. He's given 10 grand in cash in a little money belt. Yeah. Does he say, Roper, Roper, Roper? <laughs> no, it doesn't sound the same as Randall. No. And uh, he's basically told the rules of the game, that he's going to be given a five-minute head start, just like um, Binder was. Yeah. And uh, Roper, he's, he's, he's not having any of this. He's leaving. Fouchon manages to talk him round. Um, he tells him something like... Uh, Aren't you tired of being like a, a nobody? You could get your life back if you get 10 grand. All that sort of shit. And Roper eventually accepts. And he tells him, if you reach the river, you'll be free. You can keep the money. And the, the game begins. It's not long, really, is it? Five minutes. Across no. open ground. No. no. Especially with the train yards fucking massive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably get within eyesight still. But he ends up going through the, the cemetery in New Orleans there. They've got this really close yeah, together the, cemetery. The, he, they? he throws odds, doesn't he, of 50 grand. Yeah. Uh... uh Fouchon, he throws the odds of 50 grand, whoever gets it, which is weird, isn't it? So you just paid him 10 grand to go run in. I don't know, what was, what did he say the minimum buy-in was? 500k. 500k, so winning 50k, so what? Well, it's for the, the his little white mates, isn't it? No, I suppose. But he's hunting through the cemetery in New Orleans, which is a very tightly packed cemetery with the big high tombstones. If you've ever seen it, it's quite a famous cemetery. Yeah, I um, I enjoyed the fact that uh, somebody had been lighting candles again. Yeah. Yeah, I do enjoy candles being in films because you're just like, who the hell's got the time to walk around just lighting candles in a place where no one currently is? Yeah. So they've lit the candles and they just left. But there's candles in the graveyard. Nice. 
Uh, he chases Fushan. Uh, sorry, they don't chase Fushan. That's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't running. He don't run for no man. They chase Roper through the graveyard. There's uh, the clients there as well. He's got some some sort of like machine gun, like automatic rifle, which is better than a, a bloody crossbow. crossbow yeah. Roper eventually gets hit. Uh, in the side, falls over. Fushan tells the client to finish him off, and the client actually refuses. Yeah. Got... says the, the hunt's over. Yeah. He's done it. He's done what he wanted to do. He's hunted. Yeah. See? Fushan tells him not to make him look bad in front of his dogs, referring to his men. He says that you paid us half a million dollars to find out if you're alive or dead, so go finish him off. Now, during all this, Roper manages to escape and is able to hide briefly. And when he does, he jumps out at the uh, the client who's uh, been egged on by Fushan to go and actually finish him off. Takes the rifle off him and kills the client. Yeah, <laughs> well, shoots. Shoot, yeah, sorry, shoots, shoots the client. Yeah, he yeah. shoots him and runs off. He shoots actually as well. He shoots briefly at Fushan and his men, doesn't he? Until he like empties the clip in yeah. the rifle, throws it down, runs off. Fushan just walks up to the client and says, "This is why we pay. We get you to pay in advance." And shoots him and yeah, shoots him dead. Fushan's got a weird weapon. He's got a great gun. It's like a one bullet yeah. weapon. It's like used for hunting fucking rhino or something. Yeah. It's like in um, the uh, your favourite 1989 Batman film where he pulls the <laughs> enormous uh, gun. You mention it more than me now. <laughs> the enormous gun barrel out of his trousers. Yeah, but he's yeah. sawn it off. <laughs> it's like that. It is, yeah. It's a fucking like the noise it makes. It's ridiculous. It's like a rifle, like a sawn off big game hunter rifle. <laughs> Anyway, his goons continue the chase, and Roper manages to make it onto the main street of New Orleans. He's in the streets. He's in the street. There's busy people walking past, going out, partying. It's New Orleans. And this is what a what a scathing sort of look at I know. homeless people. And this was the 90s. This was the 90s. Imagine it now. Someone else would probably kill him. Do you think that this film did it better, or Ghostbusters when Rick Moranis is banging on the window of the restaurant. Oh, I don't know, that used to scare the shit out of me. Yeah, everyone just looks. Yeah, and, yeah. I, I used to hate that bit. Yeah, I felt really, really bad for him. Yeah. yeah. He's banging on the window for help and they're all eating. Yeah, they're all posh just, people. Yeah, and then he just turns around, doesn't he? And yeah. Oh, I don't know. Why do you mention that, man? Because that's that what it reminds me, me of. It freaks me out that bit. He tries to get help from people, but most people avoid him, you know, because he's homeless, even though he's bleeding from the fucking side. <laughs> he eventually, I mean, even Ted Raimi refuses to help him, uh, telling him that he has no, I've got no change for you. Oh, yeah, that's who he is. Yeah, okay, yeah, I remember yeah. him now. And then eventually, Roper is literally in the middle of the street full of people when Fushan's crew just fucking unload into the street. <laughs> people are flying everywhere. <laughs> and Roper gets like, he gets probably gets about fucking 300 bullets in him yeah <laughs> yeah it's like robocop isn't it yeah it is like, <laughs> yeah, like the beginning of robocop uh pick goes up to him retrieves the gun belt uh sorry not the gun belt retrieves the the belt containing the money and that's the end of roper he's dead yeah it's like a firing squad isn't it the way they, they actually do kill roper yeah cut to sort of the next morning i guess i don't know why they've left him out all morning but there <laughs> all night but there he is roper Chance, uh, he's crying a single tear as he zips up uh, Roper's body bag again. Not sure why he's allowed to do that, but there we go. <laughs> Detective Mitchell tells him and Nat that uh, he was handing out flyers for Randall Poe. Uh, so they're heading back to the French Quarter to talk to him. Poe, meanwhile, he's packing. He's he's leaving town. I like um, I like the fact that they do almost kiss at this point. Who? Oh, Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell and Nat. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that'd have been a nice turn up, wouldn't it? No chance in that. As they're looking at the body. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, what a romantic situation. <laughs> That's what I'm at my most amorous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, how and why and how and who and qu'est-ce que c'est? <laughs> Psycho killer? Yeah, Poe, he's packing up. He's leaving town. He gets in his car and as he does, he gets a shotgun to the side of the head. Rendell, Rendell, Rendell. It's pick. Oh, it's brilliant. I absolutely love the way he says it. I'm going to start saying that just in normal life <laughs> to people who aren't called Randall. That's because I don't know any. So, you know. He blows Poe's head off with the shotgun. <laughs> he does, yeah. Brilliant. The, the windscreen smashes out, yeah, doesn't it? It's superb. It? It's the middle of the fucking morning. Yeah. <laughs> it's not bothered, is he? Old pick. And Mitchell, Chance, and Nat, they turn up and they see that Poe's dead in his car. Looks like we missed the party, says Chance, <laughs> like a fucking tit. Imagine that was a party. Yeah. What a hell of a way to end the party that was. And they're attacked by Pick and several of the Fouchon thugs. Yeah, because it was like, it's just been now. It wasn't, Mi- it wasn't like 10 minutes ago. They haven't missed it by that much. They've arrived immediately. Yeah, Mitchell pushes Nat to safety, actually, and does get hit in the process. Yeah. She does end up taking a few of the thugs out. Chance manages to... A hit pick in the shoulder, I think, as he escapes in the car. He also gives us a majestic slow-mo dive over the car yes, bonnet. Yes, he does, yeah. Takes we, out a motorbike thug with a flying slow-mo we get, kick. We get a slow-mo pump action as well, don't we? With a, a, oh. a single, <laughs> single-handed pump action. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody chance. Walking one out over yeah, the bonnet. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Like that, yeah. The slow-mo kick of the guy on the bike as well was great. Yeah, it totally broke looked, his uh, ankle, <laughs> yeah. broke his shin in half if it had done it in real life. Yeah, but. and snapped his neck as well. So <laughs> yeah. both, both of them hurt from that one. He takes the bike that the guy's fallen off, tells Nat to hop on. Nat's obviously crying because it turns out that Mitchell has died from her wounds. Yeah, and she'd known her for, like, I don't know, hours. They probably had at least three conversations. Yeah, it was her birthday yesterday. Chance says that she's dead. Come on. And uh, that's enough for Nat. And they head yeah, off in pursuit. Like, Actually, yeah, fuck it. Uh, they make it to the highway overpass. Chance unloads Nat onto one side, races back towards one of the SUVs in pursuit. He does this sort of hands-free standing up on a bike, which is classic John Woo. Yes, yeah. He loves this motorbike stuff, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm not sure it's actually possible. No, I can't imagine no, so. No, because I believe the throttle is like hand-controlled. So if you do let go of it, you slow down. (laughs) Although Charlie Sheen does do it in Hot Shots Part 2. Or maybe the first one. No, the first one. He does it in the first first one. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not not sure that's based in reality, though, the Hot Shots films. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure. I think think if Charlie Sheen can do it. Well, I I think as well, if you do cast your mind back, um, uh, Fatal Deviation. Little little bollocks himself. Jimmy Bennett manages to do it. But uh, I think that's just because he's in love with this film. And yes. copied it from this. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't actually still make it possible. Any of those examples yeah. <laughs> where it's also happened. He's shooting his gun as he's standing up on the seat. That It's still driving the same pace in mm-hmm. the in yeah. like straight. In a straight line. He ends up jumping off the bike, sliding over the roof of the truck and lands safely behind it. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. He opens fire as well with his yeah, pistol. Yeah, because he lands. He lands in stance, fighting, shooting stance, and carries on shooting. Brilliant. And of course, with his pistol, he can blow the whole fucking truck up because he hits the the um, the gas tank. Yeah. 
That's what happens. And ex- the truck explodes. So that's one truck full of um, hoodlums uh, dead. Yep, they're out of there. But, you know, the, the other SUV, is, it's got the storm with pick in it and whatnot. Then they end up like chasing after Chance and Matter on foot now. And they end up leaping over the overpass and they land in a cargo car and a moving train. Uh, Fushani attempts to shoot them because he arrives with his sort of one-shot hand cannon. I think we get the uh, ladies first. Oh, yeah, before he jumps. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we get, we get that little moment. Yeah, which is pointless. I think he pushes her, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, she don't want to do it. Fuck it, push her. Fair enough. Who knows what you're landing on as well. Look, it's empty yeah. boxes, luckily. But Thank, yeah, thankfully, it's nothing it's not like so machinery. It's like a big bouncy <laughs> castle that happens to be being transported, <laughs> fully inflated. Yeah, Fushan attempts to shoot him with his gun, but they get out of sight before they can fire on them. And he offers his gang $750,000 each to help them hunt down and kill Chance Boudreaux. Yeah, looks like we'll have one more hunt in New Orleans. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're in the bayou now, Chance and Nat. Um, he says, this fucking scene, man. He says to her, do you trust me? And she says, of course I trust you. And he says, close your eyes. And as she does that, Chance catches a rattlesnake that was about to bite Nat in slow-mo. Mm-hmm. Her eyes widen in surprise as the theme, as the, uh, theme song plays. I think it was because she was expecting a lovely kiss. A finger. Yeah, right in there. He slaps. <laughs> My favorite bit now. He slaps the rattlesnake on the head and then punches it out. Yeah, he punches, punches it, it in, it in the, the face. face. <laughs> you see, there was a similar bit in Rambo, First Blood Part Two, but Rambo Leaves just it. lets it go. Yeah, this yeah. snake goes through more shit than any it's other the character. The difference, you see, it's the difference between the characters. Because Rambo knows that that's not his enemy. Yeah, he's just trying to live, this yeah. snake. It's just that's what he's bred for. Whereas, Chance uh, is bred for mullets, double denim and <laughs> gumbo. And high kicks. High kicks <laughs> and high jinks. <laughs> the snake's just trying to eat. Yeah. I don't know why it would actually bite. No, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Maybe that was why he punched it, teach it a lesson. <laughs> no, that's Yancey Butler. Do yeah. not bite Yancey. Um, he bites the, the rattle off the snake's tail. <laughs> this tea. Yeah, he does, yeah. <laughs> and then plants the snake in the tree, creating a form of booby trap, as it were. <laughs> a boudoir booby trap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not long after, one of Fouchon's men, he triggers this trap. Is this, um, what's his name? Arnie's stunt double. Yes, it's th- um big, big, big Olive's fan. Ole, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, I thought it was when I saw him. I was thinking, hang on a minute, Arnie's not even in this. Yeah, he 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 triggers the snake trap, and the snake bites him on the face in a ridiculous looking fucking bit of film. This, where the snake is erect, fully erect when he attacks. <laughs> I've never seen a snake like it. Son You've of a never seen erect snakes. Have no, you? son of a bitch says Pick. But in his accent, it can all do now. Son of a bitch. I can't even say it like that. That's good. Did it sound all right? Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's good. You're doing very well. <laughs> You're doing very well. <laughs> it's a whole ac- accent episode, isn't it, this one? Fouchon shoots the snake's head off. Yeah, it just blows its head clean off, doesn't it? Because Pick lifts it up off um, Sven Ole, whatever his name is. Gunnison. <laughs> yeah, and it shoots the snake's head off. And I have my note is that snake had a fucking tough life. Yeah. But it's, 
got its thing. It got punched in the face by Van Damme. Got its rattle bitten off and then got shot in the head by Fush, by Lance Henriksen. Yeah. It's a sad, sad life. Sad way to end. I mean, I don't know how we got on before that. Probably lived a lovely life out in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Survived Rambo. Yeah. Moved over to America after the yeah. war had finished. <laughs> Forgotten about by the Yeah. Yeah, he's got his media. government. His yeah. government ignored him. Stop moved to New Orleans for a fresh start. Got punched in the face by Van Damme, got his head shot off by Lance Henriksen. Yeah, his kids watching on, his <laughs> wife watching on. Yeah. His dog tags picked up by his kids. Yeah. <laughs> we will avenge you. Yeah, one of the kids swearing revenge on Fushan. Yeah, the other one saying, just let it go. Yeah, they've been through enough. The other one's a priest. <laughs> Stay holy. Uh, Fushan, he kills the henchman rather than have to slow down to help him. He, like, kicks him in the chest or something to, like, pump the venom quicker or something. Yeah, shit. fair enough. Fushan and Pick, they seem pleased when they realise that Boudreaux will be a formidable enemy. You trust me? Of course I trust you. Close your eyes. Why do you want me to trust you with my eyes closed? Close your eyes. for my friends. Anyway, Chance and Nat, they evade Fushan's crew and they retreat to Chance's old Uncle Doovie's farm in the bayou. <laughs> Who the fuck's this guy and why the fuck's he in the film? I'll tell you what, if you ever try and do accents on this guy, then Holy fair play shit. to you. Chance announces his presence. It's Wilfred Brimley, of course. Yes, it is, <laughs> Wilfred yeah. Brimley, his uncle. Uncle Wilfred. Old Uncle Doovie. <laughs> It turns out that Chance announces his presence to his uncle with Birdsong. Yeah, which he recognises instantly as Chance Boudreau. He tells Uncle Doovy that he has people after him, to which Doovy replies, I know I can smell them. I know I can smell them! <laughs> yeah, he's got quite the accent, hasn't he? Uh, Chance, Wilf- he- Wilford Brimley, of course, did um, adverts for diabetes, <laughs> which he's very famous for in America. Yeah, we missed out on all that. We only get the gifts and the yeah. <laughs> and the extra stuff over in the UK. I wish we knew about all that. Uh, Chance he gets the shotgun that he's been keeping at Doovies because his other gun had been eaten by an alligator that yeah. Doovie tells him. Gatorade. And he tells <laughs> just thinks what he says. <laughs> he tell- yeah. All of his dialogue is pretty much just totally incomprehensible. Yeah. <laughs> he tells his uncle about his plan to lead them to the Mardi Gras graveyard. Which yes. is he, he does a slow mo dust blow as well, doesn't he? Off, off the shotgun, shotgun yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like, yeah, yeah. I don't think he says yeah, but he should have. Yeah, he's leading them to the Mardi Gras graveyard. It's an abandoned factory where all the floats from the Mardi Gras parade are kept in New Orleans. Uh, and Chance he rides out on horseback while Nat and um, Doovy stay behind, and that was included on Jean-Claude Van Damme's insistence. Yeah, you see? Western. 
He loves loves horse riding. I said, bloody hell, he's not learned to ride a horse just for this. But if he actually asks for that to be put in... Yeah, he's obviously, no. he can ride a horse, yeah. <laughs> Uh, when Fushan and his men, they arrive at Doovies. Yeah, they just all roll in, don't they? Yeah. They fucking had 20 of them. They have a look at Doovies' uh, house. Doovie and um, Nat have escaped around the back there. He shoots an arrow that misses everyone, but it hits his sort of... Well, he's yeah, making yeah. moonshine. Yeah, everybody just kind of like moves out the way, don't they? In a slow motion arrow through the crowd. Yeah, it's like... Like Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah, they just move out of the way as this arrow just goes straight into these barrels. Yeah, it's like, I, th- I think he's making moonshine, I think. Yeah, well, guess what happens when an arrow hits barrels? Instant blow up. Everything. One guy gets set fully on fire. <laughs> Everything explodes for like a mile radius. It's Mitchell from earlier after being set on fire at her office. She's <laughs> turned up here. Yeah, and after being shot in the streets. Yeah. <laughs> She's turned up what to help. birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Mitchell. <laughs> And he also it ends up blowing his whole fucking house up. Yeah, he does. Yeah, everything explodes. That's what I mean. It's like that everything that you can see just bursts into flame. They uh, exit into the woods, and uh, Doovy tells Nat to go contact the sheriff while he rides after Chance. Yeah, he's, uh, and then he just rides away, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, on his horse, which looks slightly less heroic than Van Damme doing it. Just a little bit, yeah. <laughs> it's like Mario <laughs> on a no, horse. It looks more like Dr. Eggman from Sonic. <laughs> yeah, but off he goes anyway. Yeah, Pick spots the track that Chance's horse had left and he tells Fushan, uh, who then says to get in the chopper and find him. Yeah, they've got a fucking helicopter. Yeah, they do. I mean, of course they have. It's incognito, let's keep it on the lowdown, one more and then we're out of here before anyone notices. Let's get in a helicopter and shoot everybody. Well, they've just blown up the most famous graveyard in New Orleans, (laughs) so, you know. Pick says that he can tell him um, that he can spot him in the air, but they can take him down in the air as well. And Fouchon says no. He says he wants to take him down from the ground. He says any pinhead can take him down in the air. Yeah. He's still on the hunt, Fouchon. Of course he is. And he tells Pick about a spot to lead him to for an ambush and says, make sure he gets there. Anyway, Chance, he, he leads them to this uh, this Mardi Gras graveyard, as you said before. Yeah, it's like a big steel mill area, isn't it? With uh, all the floats in and everything. Yeah, that is after some sort of horse versus chopper action scenes where Chance shoots, manages to kill a man with a shotgun on his horse from chopper height somehow. Um, but yeah, they, they do. They get to this factory thing. This horse gets knocked off because uh, Pick manages to blow the fucking ground yeah, up on him or some yeah, shit. Yeah, I felt sorry for the horse. Yeah. I didn't see the end credits, making sure that no animals were harmed. But uh, I don't know. It looks like that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> a chance he uses the factory to hide in. It's sort of a large warehouse. There's a, a dove. Dove alert. There is, yes. Yeah, dove alert. He takes out several of Fushan's men using his... Uh, Big legs. There's <laughs> <laughs> some pigeon shit action as well, isn't there? Oh, yeah. One guy gets shot by pigeons. Yeah. He shoots the pigeon. Yeah, and Chance does, yeah. turns up in front of him and says, Hey, pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pigeon. <laughs> yeah. He means the guy, though, doesn't he? He's yeah. not actually talking to the pigeon. No. <laughs> There's a pigeon like, hmm? <laughs> like in that, uh, what is it, Spy Love Me or something. <laughs> the pigeon double takes at the car coming out <laughs> of the water. <laughs> yeah. He kicks a can of gasoline into the air, into the air into the henchman's face and shoots it. Yeah, it's brilliant. And it, it's a great, a yeah. awesome stunt. Yeah, it, it blows up in his face, and the, him and his bike fly through the window yeah. of the factory. It's amazing. At stuff. the feet of um, <laughs> Lance Henriksen, of Fushan, who just sort of looks at him. Yeah, <laughs> just <laughs> like, staring oh, at him, just thinking, 
God damn it. <laughs> uh, Fushan calls Chance an annoying little fucking insect. <laughs> and he wants him stepped on. Heart. <laughs> uh, they head through the floats. Which is a, it's kind of a cool set piece for a final fight, no, isn't I, it? I, I liked yeah, it. I, I, like I liked it because it, it was a bit creepy as well. I've, yeah. never, I've never really been good with the big the big heads of stuff since the other, maybe the same Bond film. I can't remember the Bond film now. But Jaws is wearing a big Mardi oh, Gras yeah, yeah. head. Yeah. yeah, I've never never liked him since then. I saw an interview saying that, you know, it's it's like written into the script and it's cool, but apparently it was an absolute fucking nightmare to like light and things like that for the, the yeah, crew. It, it looks it though as well. Yeah. Because it looks natural light, which you'd assume would be possible for 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> before it shifts. Yeah. <laughs> A chance, to, a chance. He obviously taunts them with bird song, and it pulls back, and he's in the rafters, and he's got a little friendly pigeon on his shoulder there. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> at, at one point, is somebody saying "ripping you a new orifice"? Yes, I thought they did. Yeah, I've written it down. I, believe and I it. wondered why I'd set why I'd written it. I believe it's your mate, isn't it, Lance? Uh, no. Oh no, uh, Voslo. Yeah. yeah. Be ripping you a new orifice. Yeah. Um, yeah, chance. he's not angry, he's professional. Yeah. Yeah, it's all quality lines. Yeah, he, he does say to Fushan that he they can be in Mexico in five hours if they leave now. And uh, Fushan tells him to go piss up a rope. They're here, they're after Chance. Quite right. Meanwhile, Chance does the Judas entrance from Jesus Christ Superstar where he floats down. <laughs> Don't you get me wrong. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> he floats down on a flying horse float. And just starts blowing stuff up. Get lots of stuff exploding here. You get Lance Henriksen catching fire. I've actually got he's, he's, he lowers on a goose. <laughs> yes, or a goose. I thought it was a horse. You got Lance Henriksen. He catches fire. Yeah, Lance Henriksen's on fire, and it really is him on fire. Yeah, because you can see it's him on fire. Yeah, he's got, all, he's got all the uh, fire retardant gel and stuff on his the back of his neck and stuff. Yeah. But apparently it still burnt his ears. But yeah, he is actually him doing the yeah. stunt on fire. It's incredible that he yeah. sees it. Yeah, go on then. Looks cool doing it. Though, yeah, he does. It looks superb. Van Damme shoots a gun, holding it upside down. You get Doovie. He turns up to shoot a couple of arrows around the place. Nat shoots some guy in the dick. I think that's one of the Howard boys. Yeah, I think so. That's Clint. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably. Van Damme flips up onto a float and swings on a rope, killing a load of people. Uh, Doovie takes one to the knee. Uh, more classic John Woo, uh, sort of uh, with chance dual-wielding pistols towards the end of the fight yeah, scenes. He, he sees her in the reflection of a motorcycle helmet That's as another well. John yeah. Woo classic, yes, isn't it? Yes, yeah. It's, 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 it's just it's just like ticking off. Ticking off the bingo sheet. That's what I mean. When I watched this again, I was like, well, of course it's John Woo. Look yeah. at all this shit. Yeah, it, it is brilliant. Van, uh, Chansey checks on Doovie to make sure he's okay. And then Fushan and Pick, they join in the fight. Uh, Chance and Pick, they find themselves in a standoff. And this is another classic John Woo trope. Yeah, back to back. Back yeah. against the wall. There's a wall separating them. They have a bit of chat in either side. I've been looking all over for you. You've been looking in the wrong places. That's good. Because I know you wouldn't want to hurt my feelings. And Chance, he ends up winning. He jumps through a through a window before the room explodes, slides under the table, which Pick is standing behind, 
and shoots him about 30 times. Yeah, he does, yeah. He just empties like three or four guns yeah, into him. without having to change. And uh, <laughs> a pick sort of like goes to collapse on top of him and Van Damme uses his leg to stop him from falling. His big legs. Yeah. And Pick takes a grenade from his gun belt and hands it to him before he dies. Is that him saying kill Fushon or is, him, is that no, him trying to I, use I it and he dies? I think it's him trying to... Blow just, himself up. Yeah, kill them both, yeah. Yeah, and he dies. The fuck knows how Chance didn't shoot one of the fucking <laughs> grenades on his gun belt, on his fucking chest <laughs> yeah, he's wearing them all, yeah. yeah. But he doesn't anyway. Uh, Fushan, it's his turn to attack now, and there's lots of fire, lots of slow-mo. Chance jumps through the flames and shoots Fushan in the shoulder. Nat and Doovy turn up. Fushan attacks Doovy. He ends up stabbing him in the chest with an arrow. One of Fushan, I think, Doovy's own arrows. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. Knocks him out, grabs Nat, holds her hostage. He, he like twists all of her hair into this arrow and then uses it on her neck. Yeah, it's quite it's, cool it, how it he does good. that. Yeah, it is good, yeah. He yeah. tells Chance to drop his shotgun, which he does, but he does still have the grenade in his hand, though, which he hasn't noticed. Uh, Fushan asks Chance why he got involved in all this when he had nothing to do with any of it. And Chance says, Poor people, get bored too. <laughs> I thought he was going to say, Purely. By chance. He should have. He should have. <laughs> Boudreau at the end. <laughs> uh, Fushan, he gets Nat to load his gun for him. And when she does, Chance starts running at him. Uh, unfortunately, it's in slow motion, so Fushan has enough ch- time to... <laughs> it's an unfortunate time for the slow-mo to kick in. I think everyone's in slow-mo now, except Lance Henriksen. <laughs> yeah, he's just <laughs> he's looking around like, what the thinking, hell? What's going on now? You see, Miss Bender, you I can understand. It's a matter of family. You had nothing in common with those people. What made you want to complicate my life like this? Poor people get bored too. Oh. <sighs> Load me. He jumps in the air and gives him a one-legged drop kick. Uh, Fushan does manage to to fire his weapon. That doesn't hit Chance, though, does it? It doesn't appear to. Because I thought, oh, has he shot? Has he shot Van Dam here? But he hasn't. No. He hits Fushan in the chest. He falls backwards. He, uh, Fushan kicks a flaming barrel. Chance dives over it. Fushan attacks him with a two by four, which yeah. is on fire. Of course it is. And uh, they have a bit of a hand-to-hand combat for a couple of minutes. And then ca- Chance, he catches the 2 by 4 which is on fire with his bare hands and holds it there. Yeah. <laughs> he has a flashback to all the people killed or injured in this film. Yeah, as did I, watching this bit. Daddy Binder sees him, never even fucking saw it happen, but we see it. <laughs> we see Mitchell, we see, um, what's his name? Roper. Roper. We see Roper. We see Uncle Doovy. That happened 30 seconds ago. And then he axe kicks the 2x4. He snaps it in half. He grabs the grenade and he drops the live grenade 
because he pulls the pin down Fushan's pants. He does, yeah. And gives him a headbutt. Yeah. Just, like in um, Double, Double impact. impact. Yeah, it's the Alex Double Impact headbutt. Headbutts him backwards. He flies backwards into like a bit of like float shit. And he says to him before he headbutts him, hunting season is over. Classic. Hunting season is over. Fushani fumbles for the grenade down his pants, grabs his dick by mistake. It's fucking, it happens. Yeah, does the Michael Jackson. <laughs> points into the air, just like, hee <laughs> uh, He even manages to remove the fuse, though, because he does get the grenade out. However, it sparks and uh, blows up. Yeah, he, he gives us the, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> it just says, whoa. And then I mean, it, it explodes. He has to, like, unscrew it to get the... the, the um, yeah, it goes through all that The fuse work. out. Yeah. Why the fuck wouldn't you just throw it instead of yeah. doing that, all that shite? Yeah. But it remains a mystery to this day. Yes. And he blows up and dies. He does. It's, it's, it's sad, to be honest, but it, it's probably how he would have wanted to go. Yeah. At least it wasn't <laughs> his bollocks. Yeah. Oh, do you? Imagine that and surviving. Uh, Chance, he reunites with Nat and Uncle Doobie. Yeah, he's not dead at all. The uncle's not dead. He survived the whole thing. He says some shit even Chance doesn't understand. Yeah, yeah. And everyone just looks at him and just goes, <laughs> well, whatever. He asks him how he is and Doobie says that he's hurt real bad. And by that he means his flask that that, that saved his life when it was punctured. So you know, he got stabbed in the chest with the arrow. It turns out it was his flask that took the brunt of it. And he's lost all of his moonshine out of it. We all laugh and the three leave as the credits roll. Yep, immediate credits. Yep. Job done. Got a body count for you, Ken? Go on. What are you reckoning? Ballpark. 26. 34, Ooh. including the snake. Oh, that's a shame. That's a shame to have to include the snake in these statistics. So what do you reckon then, Ken? What are your thoughts on it? Final thoughts? I sort of really enjoyed it. Fuck me, I loved watching yeah, this. Yeah, really enjoyed watching I this I remember you, you were saying it and I was like, not that I didn't want to watch it, I hadn't seen it for a long time, but I was like, is this the, is this the, the, the Van Damme film we should be doing next? Watched it and absolutely loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's just, it's full of brilliance. It's so fun. Isn't it? Everything's good in this. Yeah, like the action set piece, brilliant. The actors, brilliant. Each character that actually gets to do something, brilliant. I mean, we said it in Mark for Death, when we covered that, that these action films are only as good as the bad guys that the action heroes are against. So in Mark for Death, you had Screwface. Screwface! Played by... Basil Rathbone. <laughs> Basil Wallace. Basil, played by Basil Wallace. <laughs> and Basil Rathbone playing. Ah, Screwface, eh? <laughs> it's you... the gentleman voodoo man. <laughs> Where's Nesta? You there? You there, sir? Where's Nesta? <laughs> Who do it? Was it the white boy Hatcher? <laughs> Answer me. 
Come on, time's ticking. Yeah, so in, in uh, Mark for Death, it was Screwface, and in this, you've got both Lance Henriksen and Voslo. It's it's a double hitter, and yeah. they're fucking great, They both two. are as well, yeah. Not even the appearance of Uncle Doovy. Let's face it, no one wanted in this film. <laughs> can detract. He's not even in it for the first hour. I know, but he still so ruins he it. He turns up for half an hour, talks, doesn't even mention diabetes. And off he goes. <laughs> exactly. What? How is this even an action film if you're not mentioning diabetes? <laughs> sort yourself out, Brimley. You bloody bastard. <laughs> Rest in peace. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so we're doing Steel Donkeys. For those of you who didn't hear it earlier, if you've just tuned in now, like Which it's some why? sort of radio the hell, show. Why? How would you do that? Okay, so still donkeys. It's a, it's a gang breaking into a bank on Queens uh, during the Queens Day Festival. The bank is housing a shape shifting demon, alien shape shifting demon that possesses and kills them one by one. That's just typical of banks these days. Yeah. Meanwhile, the police are outside trying to get in, also trying to kill them. Right. And this was going to be starring Van Damme. Van Damme was going to be the main the main thief. Okay, he still can be. Is is Sam Raimi going to be directing? Yes. Okay. What's Van Damme's name going to be? Actually, no. We are. We're we're directing. We're directing. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. We bought the rights from Sam Raimi after it fell through. Okay. Then in the nineties. Right then. Not that makes a difference. Yeah. <laughs> Who directs them? We've never mentioned that before. Uh, yeah. So Van Damme is the main guy still. Is he a member of the gang? Is he? Yeah, he's is the he, main. He's the gang leader. He's the leader of the gang. Oh right, I've got, okay. a, I've got a potential name <laughs> it's for not him. Like Gary Glitter, who's <laughs> the leader of that gang. <laughs> no, no, different gang. I've yeah. got a name for you. Go for it. I'm thinking maybe Jumping Splits. <laughs> Explains is, the accent with a Z on the end. Is that Jumping with, uh, with no? Yeah, yeah, with an apostrophe. That's his nickname, Jumping. What's his uh, What's his real name? Bartholomew. Barty Splits. Yes. <laughs> Yes, his name is Bartholomew Splits. Okay, Bartholomew Jumpin' Splits. Yep. He's in. The main uh, police guy outside, is that going to be Carl Weathers? Of course it is. Yep, Sheriff Carl Weathers. Yep, he's out there negotiating for the A, the release of any... Is there a hostage? We, the, we have I think a hostage there's a situation. couple. We must have a hostage yeah. situation, yeah. Yancey Butler? No. Salma Hayek? Yes. Salma Hayek. She's like a, a worker there. She doesn't work in a bank. Yeah, she works in the bank. Fucking glamorous bank assistant ever. Oh, yeah. I'm in not? there all the time. Well, you are, you are in there. You're, you're a hostage <laughs> as the, well. I'd be depositing like nobody's business. What's her name? Has she got a name? Her name is Carmen Caramel. <laughs> nice. She's, uh, she's head of the bank. She's bank manager. Oh, even better. Yes, yeah, yeah that's more like it. Yeah, she she's has got, got a teller. She's also a character. She's also she's got a like a bank uh, someone on the till or whatever. Yeah, that is teller. I think you're right there. Clint Howard. <laughs> These they've worked together before, or have they? In one of our films, I believe they have. Yeah, they've been reunited. His name is Dougie. Just Dougie. Dougie front bottom. <laughs> Yep, he's uh, the teller. He's the the uh, the, the bank teller. Yeah. Then we we'll just get some sort of no name extras to be other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're gonna get killed anyway. The other's gonna get killed. Yeah, yeah. so cool. Yeah, 
second in command in the gang who maybe wants to take control of the gang. He's like the bad, bad guy, if you if you get what I mean. Like Van Damme's sort of the bad guy, but he's the hero has of the he, piece. Has he got some sort of like ethical code? Yes. Van Damme. Yeah, and this yeah. guy's more like a yeah, killer, he, whatever. Yeah, he, he's the uh, the loose cannon. The live wire. Yeah, what's he called? Loose cannon? Loose wire. Well, live, let's, the live cannon. Who, who could play him? Um... Well, you see, looking at the cast already, I mean, when are we basing it now? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say William Forsyth, because he plays a fantastic, unhinged bad guy. What's he, what's he looking like nowadays? Cause he, could, he get, could he pull this off? I reckon he could. Yeah? Okay, William Forsyth? I don't know whether he'd still go for him as a gang member. Oh. I don't know how old he is. Maybe he could be... Um, he's got to be 50s, isn't he? Could he be... No, he's got to be older, hasn't he? Okay. Whatever. Too old. He could be on the side of the police force as a mole for the bad guys. He's a dirty cop. Feeding them info. I like it. Yeah? Character name? Bill. Shits. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he plays Detective Bill Shits. Okay, so we've got jumping splits and bill shits. Yeah. <laughs> Should we call him defecates instead? He's um Defecatus. Yeah, he's Greek. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's a foreign lad. Okay, so then uh, we need a second like bad guy in command who can be a formidable foe for Van Damme. Get in a fight with him. Mm. See see Van Damme, yeah, okay. But we're going to go for somebody younger than Van Damme. He's a young upstart who thinks he should be taking over the yeah. game. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, Tom Hardy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he's in. Yeah. He's straight in. He yeah. goes. Uh, yeah. Character name. <laughs> I'm thinking. Dick Envy. <laughs> it's better than I was thinking. What were you thinking? A beach party. <laughs> <laughs> It's just can be one words. of them. <laughs> it's just two words. It wasn't even a name. Yeah, one of the other gang members is Beach Party, and he's got a he's, <laughs> he's got, wearing Bermuda shorts. Yeah, he's got uh, water wings on, <laughs> <laughs> carrying an inflatable crocodile. Yeah, Dick Envy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's in. Yeah, <laughs> Beach Party's in there as well. Though. Yeah, who's playing Beach Party? Adam Sandler. He's in. This is all-star cast at the minute, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Just this is going to have to be through Netflix, isn't it, for Sandler to be on board? Yeah, well, we'll be able to get The Rock and Ryan Reynolds, if that's the case. If we get Oof, a Netflix involved. Jesus. Nah, nah, they're, they're busy doing other He's shit Managing Wrexham or whatever the fuck yeah. Ryan Reynolds is doing. We need a couple more on the on the gang, you reckon? You can't just have two of them, three of them, can you? One of them's dressed as like he's going to the pool, so we need, we need a couple of others, <laughs> maybe. Adam Sandler, <laughs> the most threatening of them all. <laughs> Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> you can do it. Um, yeah, okay. Let's what about get... uh, Conor McGregor? Get him in as a... Conor McGregor? Acting debut. Smart mouth explosives guy on the on the team. What, with IRA connections? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. Irish. Fits. Yeah. It fits. Yeah. Uh, okay, he's called... It Fits. I can't know it fits Bill shits and jumping splits. <laughs> that fucking poetry. <laughs> Can um, 
Conor McGregor's like exclamation of surprise be Granny's ginger biscuits? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I thought so. Yes, it can be. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, he says that when he's in shock. <laughs> yeah. What about his name as um? What was his fucking name in Fatal Deviation? Mikey. No, the the main man. Jimmy. Jimmy Bennett. That's his name. Jimmy Bennett. As Jimmy Bennett. Yeah. What the little, fuck is this? Little homage to uh, Fatal Deviation. He okay. plays Jimmy Bennett. Jimmy Little Bollocks Bennett. Yeah, that's it. That's his nickname. Yeah. <laughs> and his catchphrase is Granny's Ginger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I hope he's got a lot of dialogue then, if he's going to try and get that in. Somewhere. He has, yeah. And then we need um, like a, a hacker, don't we? Like a, you know, a brains. Okay, I was thinking about like a, a veteran, a veteran uh, member of the gang. Is that not Van Damme? <laughs> yeah, but no, no, no. I, I, oh, shit, yeah, I suppose. I was going to go Keith David. Oh, I kind of like Keith David in this. Could be on the police side. Can it Keith David be the other cop who exposes um, himself shits <laughs> on a regular basis? <laughs> yeah, he exposes shits. He does, yeah. 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 Got him. I like it. What can he be called? Detective Cake. Detective Birthday Cake. Yeah, Birthday Cake. Birthday yeah. Cake Detective. Detective Birthday Cake. He's in. It always has a party hat on. Yeah, always oh, got the uh, the thing in Every, his mouth. He's, he's got. <laughs> <laughs> you see, Carl Weathers looking out like if he says something, and then a cake with a candle just appears <laughs> under his face. It's, it's Detective Birthday Cake, yeah. Keith David. Yeah, and then one more. We need brains, like the brain, you know, hacking the hacking man in the group. Pissy hands, Fushon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because his his hands are so quick, it's like it's like they're piss. Yeah. <laughs> You know that that famous <laughs> saying about quick hands looking like yeah, be water, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, Bruce Lee said that, and he he was yeah exactly he was quick. This guy's hands are so quick. I swear to God, they look like piss <laughs> going through a, a tin kettle. <laughs> it's incredible dialogue. <laughs> this is Carl Weathers in the uh, in the uh, debriefing room when it, he's going through each member. <laughs> Tells us the badass, how badass they all are. This guy's hands are so fast, it's like piss going through a tin horn. That's it, isn't it? That's a saying. Oh, it's not. <laughs> it's not a fucking I'm pretty saying. sure that's a saying, Ken. What's his name? It will be now. Pissy Hands Fouchon. <laughs> Who's playing that then? Rick um, Moranis? He's supposed to be a young hacker. Oh, yeah, that's true. He's to be a young guy. Um... Who's young these days? I don't know. You? <laughs> not really. Not, uh, not likely. You're younger than the rest of the fucking gang. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not younger than Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah, that's actually. true. Or Tom Hardy, probably. Um, He's some geeky fuck. Oh, um... um going to Michael Serra again, are we? No, no. Um, oh, fuck. The one from There Will Be Blood. Not Daniel Day-Lewis. Oh, he's the only one I know. Paul Dano. Never heard of him, he's in. <laughs> Excellent. That's quite, it's quite a good gang. That is a good gang, I like that. Yeah. I said there's a there's a demon that possesses people. Oh shit, yeah. And, I cause, about and that. causes <laughs> them to attack. just a straightforward uh, like heist. 
Yeah. Grandma's ginger biscuits, he shouts as he blows the wrong <laughs> vault. Yeah, and out, and out comes the shape-shifting demon played by... Tim Curry. Can he still? Yeah, he can do voiceovers still. Okay. Get him in. Tim Curry is the voice of the shape-shifting demon. Okay, so we need an imposing figure. We're going to go, like, muscular on this. We could always get the mountain in. Again? But he's shape-shifting, so he turns into other people that are in the group. That's how he stays undetected. Okay. What's his telltale sign? Or are we going the thing? He's got a massive dick. I'll tell you what, if Osama Hayek gets possessed, <laughs> that would be noticeable. Well, you should see where it grows out of. <laughs> Hang on, we've only got one female character again, though. We do this all, all right. the time. We need another police officer then that's female. Um, maybe another... No, we only want one person inside the bank that's female, I think. Okay. We need a security guard in the bank. All right. Cuba Gooding Jr.? It's not a female. No, it doesn't well, need to be, be female. No. <laughs> Give me a transvestite. No, like, it doesn't like, need to be female. Like many times before. I think we need a security a guard in there. I'd like another female character, please. What a strong female character here. <laughs> You've only got one. Sandra Bullock? Yes. I like I like a Bullock. Okay. She's security. If you wanted to be. Well, she could just be a businesswoman in the bank. Oh, a customer. Yeah. Okay, yeah, she is a character name. She can play Fiona. Mm-hmm. People still call Fiona? She is. Okay. Fifi. For short. Yeah. A nickname, yeah. Fifi for short. Fiona Fifi for short. Yeah. <laughs> She's in. Right, excellent. And then you want a, maybe a police officer then on the outside that's female. That's what I thought we were going to do. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Another female. Um, youngster. Chloe Grace Moretz. She's in. As? Pamela Wish. Oh, nice. Excellent. She's a cock. Can we have the line, wish in one hand, shit in the other? Yes, from um, Bill Shits. Yeah. <laughs> Wishing one hand shits in the other. That's, that's what, what Carl Weathers that's says. That's what Carl Weathers says, yeah, when, Before, he's, when he's weighing up his team. Yeah, well, he has a chance to save either of them, and he saves Wish. Of course you would. Wishing one hand shits in the other. See which one fills up quicker. It's a, it's a catchphrase filled, isn't it? Superb, I love it. Yeah, and then uh, basically it's Van Damme trying to get himself out whilst they're surrounded by the police. The, poli- the police. Are we, are we going for the mountain as the physical presence of the demon? I think so. Because then obviously he then vanishes and possesses others. Or we could go the other way and go with, is it Doug Jones? Who's that? He does like um, the he does a lot of monster movie. Is he the tall guy? Yes, he's the one that's in Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, then. Hellboy, he does all that sort of, he's very thin. Not the Spanish guy. There's a Spanish guy. There, there is also a Spanish guy that does it, but I know Doug Jones does. He definitely did Hellboy, and I'm pretty sure he did. He did. Um, yeah. Yes, he did. Pan's, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. All right, he's in. He could be the manifestation of the demon, long, slender, sort of he's demon-looking in. thing, quite tall. Yeah. He's in. Welcome, Doug. Welcome to the cast. Welcome to our podcast Universe. and our team. <laughs> yes. And yeah, you'll get possession and stuff. I think the police maybe will break in at some point. Just the uh, the shits, just the shits, just the uh, the wish. And who's the other one? And the birthday cake. And birthday cake. Yeah, <laughs> they break in to help as well. They maybe can, end up. Can the birthday cake at some point say, 
make a wish. And then she's there. Yeah. And then she punches someone out. Or then he dies because like, the candle goes out. I mean, what, on his hat? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a candle <laughs> on the top of his hat. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. That's what happens, isn't it? You make a wish when you blow out the candle. Yeah. And that's it, you see. It's a, it's it's all symbolic. Who's met, who was the birthday wish? Oh, Keith David. Keith yeah, David, yeah, yeah. We need him to die, yeah. Maybe he gets possessed, and then at the final, when he's yeah, about he, to he die. Gets, um, yeah, he gets stabbed. Yeah. Stabbed to death by... Yeah. Um, I'm thinking this is kind of like a sort of from dusk till dawn kind of style. I think it is, yeah. yeah. Once it all gets locked down. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. And then the police, when they get inside and they see what's going on, they end up trying to, like, they team up they with team Van Damme. Up, yeah. Um, obviously, the main bad guy at the end will be Dick Envy. Dick Envy and, I'm thinking, Bill Shits. Yeah. Because I think I think Envy and Shits go together. And I think Carl Weathers kills Shits. Obviously, he's got them in the hand, hasn't he? Holding them both. Yeah. Wishing one and shits in the other. <laughs> <laughs> which one will be the best or whatever it was. And he just, yeah. See which one fills up quicker. <laughs> and he throws Bill shits to his death. Yeah. And nestles. Dick Envy, Dick Envy gets possessed and they, they manage to lock him back in the safe at the end there. So Dick Envy survives. Tom Hardy. Yes, because that could, that could give us a sequel. But he's locked. He's locked in the safe so that they can't get out. Yeah. And um, when the police are coming in to to escort everyone out, um, Wish lets um, Van Dam go. Splits. Yeah. Lets him go for what he's done. Says, "Get out of here. I'll stall them." And he escapes. The other two are dead in the gang. I like it. The only survivors left over are Wish and Splits. What, really? Everyone else dies? Yeah. What about Carl Weathers? No, not Carl. No, I mean, th- that's inside the, the bank, I mean. Okay, so Sam Hayek dies. Yeah. Clint Howard dies. Yeah. Keith David dies. Yeah. William Forsyth dies. Yeah. Fiona Fifi Faux Short, Sandra Bullock, oh. as a businesswoman. Maybe she gets out. They help her get out at some point. How about she's under the rubble and she just, like, climbs out? What do you mean she's... she's Feeling Good. sick. <laughs> that's no, like a, that's a Cockney. Uh, it's not the phrase under the weather. Is oh it? right, sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. She's like in um, uh, Ghostbusters. She's not in Ghostbusters, Sandra Bullock. No, 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 no. But like in that, you know, where they just assume everyone's dead and then they come out from oh, like yes. the statues yeah, and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she just emerges because yeah. she's a strong female character. Yeah, and she's a businesswoman who's done it her own way. Brilliant, love it. Yeah, there's no backstory on it. We don't get to find out what fuck, but. Yeah. yeah. At least she's not dead. Adam Sandler, beach party, he's dead. Killed one of the first. Can't yeah. afford him for too many days, so the, he, um, he gets possessed quite early on. Yeah. They pop his... Um, Jerry. Lilo. She's <laughs> <laughs> also here, and, and he's Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pissy hands Fouchon, is he done? Actually, he's the first one. He's trying to get into the safe. The safe opens, and he like looks into what's going on. And the spirit of the demon. Uh, okay, yes. So, so he's he's happy because he's broke the code on his little computer. Yeah, it breaks open. He he goes inside to see what goes on. He gets dragged in and literally gets like smashed. Can up he be against... wearing um, like a GoPro? Yeah, yeah, because he's like tech tech guy. Yeah, isn't he? so he's got all that shit on. Yeah, and he's watching. Um, Van Damme's watching on his like wrist. Yes. He's, or on the phone, he's got like the goat we've seen it happening. He gets pulled into the vault and gets like smashed up like against each wall up and down and gets yeah, broken and in get, half. And we get a POV shot of all of that because he's because of his GoPro. Yeah. yeah. When they go down there, they see the bodies all mangled 
and uh, as they're chatting, you see the body start moving and it starts like breaking back into place and he's possessed and that's the first possession. And it's Doug Jones. Yeah. As Paul Dano. Yeah. As Pissy Hans Fouchon. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Jesus, it's complex, isn't it? This is making films. Shall we, shall we go through those names then before we, we finish? Okay, so we've got uh, this... This is the cast list. Yeah, let, let's let's go for um, coming soon. Steel donkeys. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, name. yeah you guys, it still doesn't make as much sense to us, but apparently it was okay. Was it? Maybe we should have. Um, oh, I tell you, we could have Basil Wallace. Wallace is Rathbone. Basil Wallace. <laughs> I say he calls it a steel donkey because he's the he's oh, the he's the yardy connection, the security guard. So he is the security... Oh, so we've got a security guard. Yeah. It's Basil. Right, okay. Basil Wallace, yeah. yeah. I'm adding him. Name? Um, Screwface. Um, Basil. Basil Screwface. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so in the trailer... And he says the yeah. Steel Donkey thing and tells in, in us the what trailer, it means. In the trailer, he's just like, you ever hear of a Steel Donkey? Yeah. Like that, yeah. Yeah. And they go, no, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Who are you? Yeah. Yeah. Like and, he, and, he, and he gives it all, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. They do say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to carry on with the accent. Yeah. In case we get cancelled. <laughs> so so if, we got away with, if we got away with Mark for death, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we've got a shape-shifting demon. It says, like, uh, I, I can't do much more of the trailer. It's okay, just because we haven't got any plot, have we? Apart from that, well, we've got the plot: bank robbery, soul-sucking demon. Got to get the fuck out of there. Whilst the police are also trying to uh, arrest us, Carl Weathers is also dealing with corruption on the outside. Yeah, it's difficult though to put it all into a trailer, isn't it? Well, let's just let's just do the cast list. What we got? We've got Jean Claude Van Damme as Bartholomew Jumping Splits. <laughs> Yep. Tom Hardy as Dick Envy. Connor, Connor McLeod, is it? McGregor. That's a fucking name. <laughs> Connor McGregor in his acting Con- debut. Connor McGregor as Jimmy Little Bollocks Bennett. <laughs> He'll be delighted with that. Knowing Connor McGregor. <laughs> I can't see any issues with that. <laughs> no, he'll be fine with that. We've got Adam Sandler as Beach Party. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Dano as Pissy Hands Fouchon. <laughs> Salma Hayek as bank manager Carmen Caramel. I like it. Clint Howard as Dougie Frontbottom. <laughs> <laughs> William Forsyth <laughs> as Bill Shits. True or false? <laughs> Sandra Bullock as Fiona Fifi for short. Chloe Grace Moretz as Pamela Wish. And Keith David as Detective Birthday Cake. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> Featuring Tim Curry as the voice of Shapeshifting Demon. <laughs> and Doug Jones. And Doug Jones as the physical shape-shifting demon and of course carl weathers and introducing <laughs> carl weathers as police chief carl weathers and sheriff and detective oh well i don't and, think and mayor <laughs> <laughs> and i don't think there's any other 
there's a better way of ending this than mentioning Carl Weathers. I'll, watch that. I'll tell you, a better way to end it is the way that it ended with Hard Target, which is Born on the Bayou by Credence Clearwater Revival, <laughs> <laughs> which I absolutely loved and listened to the entire song. Well, we're bringing this episode of the podcast to a close. Thank you, as always, to my co-host, Mr. Ken B. Wild. Thank you, everyone. So what did you think to this week's episode? Did you like it? Did you hate it? What about the film, Hard Target? Where does this rank amongst Van Damme's best? Think it's one of his best? What about his hair? Is this his best hairstyle? It's superb hair. I must admit, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure about it, but I don't know. Probably wanted my hair like this back in them days. Well, if you did as well, let us know. The email address is badmoviecultwithgmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you want to discuss this week's episode with other cult members, you can. You just need to search the Bad Movie Cult Discussion Group on Facebook. All links will be available in the show notes. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can. You just need to leave us an Apple Podcast rating or review. You can also do that on Spotify. It's a massive help in getting us found by new listeners. We're also available on YouTube, where we're getting quite the following on there. Thank you for everyone that's been listening to us on there. And if you could leave us a like on the videos, that would be greatly appreciated. You can find all previous episodes as well as written reviews of films not covered on the podcast on our website. That's www.badmoviecult.com. We're going to be back. Don't you worry about that. We'll be back soon. We'll be back in a week's time. We'll be back with another movie review. We'll be back with another deep dive. With mullets. Mullet. Perhaps. Mullet's not guaranteed. Yes, that's in the asterisk. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we do have to specify the uh, maybe not with mullets. Yeah, we've been in touch with legal and we've got to, we've got to specify that from <laughs> now on. If your choice of podcasts are not based solely on if they have mullets or not, we'll see you again. We'll see you again in a week's time right here on the Bad Movie Called Podcast. Hit the credence. <laughs> on, on, Phone sex? Is that for you?